Hello and, and broadcasting, broadcasting from the beautiful the central coast of California. It's, it's the, the Doctor Death, Death Danger, Danger Radio, Radio Show. Show. I don't know if you ever have these moments in your life where you like are just like you know still in life, and you meet a lad whose voice sounds awesome, and it's like, and internally you're sitting there is like, you have a great voice. Oh, thank a voice you. for radio. Not you. I'm saying you meet someone, oh, and then you're like. I have to record you. <laughs> no, I met a customer earlier in the week. Like, I think it might have been yesterday. It was two days ago that I met a guy like that. I literally called him. I was sitting there and was like, oh, this guy has a beautiful, vo- beautiful voice. I must record you for radio. Your voice deserves to be heard. You should have had him record our intro. I know. Literally, yeah. I'm just going to pause like, hey, hey, dude, what are you doing? Like, after like... I can be back at you, bro. What are you doing this evening? <laughs> Let me come back to your house. Don't worry. I'm not even going to be in work. I'm just going to roll up in my Subi. I'm going to freaking got like the recording equipment. And I need you to spout out this line. Yeah. That yeah. I need to remember what even I said. <laughs> and how's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Triple D radio show with your boys, James and Edward. All right, Edward, what's good? Hey, everyone. I'm Edward. You know, everybody, um... I know that for the most part. So we've been doing these tough enoughs, right? Yeah. And listen, I'm pretty sure you already know where I'm going with this. And don't worry, I'm not going to stay on this too long. But all I'm going to say is Are we just going to start with the main event? No, 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 we're not. No, we're not. I just wanted to tell the audience. Well, hey, audience. After the week, not even the last of the week, after the last four or five days that... uh, WWE has had in the here in the here in the real world watching these tough watching this tough enough because I finished my notes today and last night Wait. shit hits the shit hits and feels really different right now mm. we are literally an hour removed from from Vince being on Smackdown and, and saying- Dave Meltzer being on CNN and Vince is not saying anything to anyone that's not paying attention and knows about WWE. Yeah. Recently, Vince McMahon has been uh, under an investigation for a hush pack settlement of like $3 million supposedly set to someone that he had in a, uh, a sexual relationship affair with. And, and then like there's a non-disclosure agreement and yeah. shit. I could not sure about the John Laurinaitis, but the issue is that like friggin... The company's investigating to make, like see if he spent his if like he spent company money no company money on the settlement or if it was he, out of his own pocket which if it's out of his own pocket then it wouldn't be an issue plus supposedly the person signed a non-disclosure agreement so technically yeah they like agreed to that which yeah it's pretty sussy but either way but the, there is one thing though is like there's been an issue because this person as like would get like a raise mm-hmm. was getting like their salary raised so they're technically going like why is this person getting raised was this pertaining to you having a sexual relationship with them yeah and then whatever the John Laurinaitis stuff where I don't know if John Laurinaitis was getting busy, but then she supposedly this lady was working with John Laurinaitis. It's a total mess, but the mess has turned into with this investigation that uh, Vince, Kenny, the Vince McMahon had to step down as CEO of his company and yeah. thus in turn put his daughter as the intern CEO till investigations are over or whatever the conclusion of the investigations yeah, but he's still running and booking the show creative creatively. Also, yes. listeners, 
I'm trying to make sure I get this in as soon as possible. We have timestamps if you ever want to jump to any of the meat of the show or just go straight to Tough Enough. It's totally cool. I do not trip. But other than that, my day was going all uh, going all right. Uh, we were both a little late today. Uh, I was playing with my baby. Look at yeah, dude, this podcast, bro. And we always someone always shows up late. Uh, my brother Javi's over, and uh, his little his little chubby baby Amara was there. Uh, I am going to declare the statement that she is the cutest little baby I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, I have definitive proof that this two-month-old is trolling me. Oh, yeah? Because I went to hold her. Now, baby Amara does not like to be held like you and me. Or when we were babies, I assume. I can't recall what what I was like being held when I was a child. That was like years ago. Well, either way, when you think of... That was like two decades. That was like like over two decades ago. When you think of holding a baby, you think of the traditional way where it's like they're facing you. You know, you got your hand underneath your bottom, hand on their back, and their head's like laying on your shoulder. That is not like how baby Amara likes to be held. She likes to be held facing forward kind of sitting on your stomach and leaning forward. My brother's, um, uh, <coughs> excuse me, my brother Javi's uh, partner, Nicole, said it best. She said, you have to hold her, but it's kind of going to look like she's going to fall. That's how she's comfortable. And I'm like, what? Huh? So I did it, right? And then she starts fussing. Huh? She starts crying. Just like every baby niece or nephew I've ever held. And so I like, get, sir, can you please not uh, hold me? Thank and you. so I give it back. I give her back to the mom and then immediately she stops. And so I tell Nicole, wait, so how do I do it? So she shows me. I'm like, give her back. I got this. Two seconds after she gets in my arm, baby starts fussing. I'm like, damn it. So I give the baby back again. And again, as soon as uh, I give Amara to Nicole, she starts um, she starts being cool again. And then this is where I know the baby is trolling me because nope. then because uh, I'm literally I'm because I'm getting mad. So I'm like, damn it. Why won't this? Why, why, why does this happen every time? This happens every time I try to hold a kid and the baby starts to smile. Huh. Gives a little toothless grin. And I'm like. See, I, I, t- I go on this thing where I tell them how it's proven by science. Babies recognize patterns. They know they understand how to get reactions out of people and how and they have the desire to get reactions. And as I'm ranting and raving, her smiles getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, she can go listen to you, listen to you on your podcast if she wants to. <laughs> no, like, I, the, like the rest of your like. No, youngins. she's she's too precious to ever hear anyone. say I bad have an words. uncle. He has a podcast. <laughs> That's Nick's kid. Yes. Maybe yeah. this one will say the same thing, too, and when he, they can speak words. Yeah. I have an uncle. He has a podcast. That feels like such an uncle thing. Like, I know that sounds redundant because I'm literally their uncle, but, like, that doesn't, it doesn't feel as right if you're like, oh, yeah, I've got a, I've got a friend. He's got a podcast. That's like, yeah, whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah I, got a bro- I got a brother or sister or cousin that's got a podcast now. But it's like, oh, yeah, my uncle has a podcast. It just feels right. It feels like an uncle thing to do. 
Well, is to have a podcast. Well, you as an uncle have achieved that goal. I'm a super uncle. I've got You're uh, super five f- nieces and two nephews. Super fucking uncle. Jesus fucking Christ. Wait, <laughs> what was that again? Five nieces and two nephews because that's seven heads. There's the net because there's my sister. What's two the kids. oldest? Who's uh, the oldest? Oh, uh, that would be my sister's firstborn daughter. She is six years older than me. And you're the uncle. Like I know it. I know it works because it's like that's just how it is sometimes. <laughs> hey, Mexicanos, dude. <laughs> Hispanic that's families. Ha- that's what happens when a my dad's firstborn, which is my sister, is when he's right at, is when he's like right out of high school, and then um and then my dad proceeds to have a combined effort of five kids with three women across. Uh, well, sister was born in 1970, and I was born in 1994. So you do the math. I can do the math right there. Okay. It gets really trippy, though. uh, Who's the oldest that's under you? That's like, that's younger than Uh, you. Javi, because Javi was born in 1982. No, 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 no. I meant as in like the niece nephews. Oh, oh, oh. Well, now. That was my question. Well, now the youngest. Well, now the youngest is obviously uh, Amara because she's two months old. But uh, besides that, uh, I am older than uh, my oldest niece's brother by 11 months. Oh, how's conversations with them? Used to be really good. We don't really talk much anymore, but that'd uh, be life. Yeah. Well, we we were pretty. We had a pretty cool yin and yang thing going on. Like literally, he was he was rapping hip hop. I was rocking metal. He's sports games and driving games. I was action adventure RPG games. You're giving me a really weird look. What the fuck is that look? I'm saying it's like I wonder why. I wonder. I'm kind of curious why this. Why you guys went silent? <laughs> no, no, no. But we we liked learning about each other's like stuff. But eh, that's life, sad. Li- I think he. Did, I think he picked the right decision not to continue learning about RPGs and garbage heavy metal music. That's not exactly what I meant, but it would take too long to explain. Yeah. The point is, is that yeah, my family trees, uh, my family trees a little is a little quirky, a little quirky and a good size. Yes, definitely a good family fun size. Yes, sir. And you were late because you were watching a Spy Kids video essay. Yes, that basically because when you said I'm ten minutes out, and I'm like, I got five minutes left on this video, and then I like slowly got out. I think I. Also, yes, because I also got a fucking like was also sharing. Someone shared me this video that I also shared to another guy and we were talking about it and shit. Let me show you the inspirations that's on like the Instagram. Oh, this should be good. Yeah. So here's the video of the 10 to troll Benadryl guy. I'll have Ed watch it. Before you have sex, if you want to be horny for two or three hours like you've never been in your life, you have access to marijuana, too good weed listen to me I think it's up with some moss get you really hornier than normal but Benadryl take about 10 12 Benadryl before you want to have your sexual fun with your partner or whatever you do or masturbate all right uh, about an hour later when you feel it just kicking in smoke your weed then and then go ahead and get horny and I promise you it'll be Millions and times more. You'll be so blissfully horny that you will not want to come. <laughs> Trust me. It's better than an orgasm. 
I've been up for like 48 hours straight before I've been drilling weed <laughs> on my computer watching girl women wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I totally yeah, that kind of ate up like a 5 minutes right there. Cuz one friend shared me that. Did you rewatch that? No, no, like one friend shared me that and then I sent it to another friend and he just like replied to me. Jesus Christ. I also like, well, I also caught up because he shared a video like earlier of this. What's your favorite surprisingly deep quote from an unlikely source? I was constantly getting bullied by the kids in school. Like they just Squizzy. kept calling me trash. And one day my pop was like, listen, homie, you may always be trash, but it's up to you to decide if you're going to be a trash can or a trash can't. What's your favorite? <laughs> so, uh, at least I give you some inspiration Squizzy's on the last kind of low-key popped off in the last few years. It's cool to see. Oh, no, it's fucking awesome. He's, uh, dude, I wish I could He's go to... He's been at this shit for like 10 years, dog. Dude, I want to uh, fucking... <laughs> he really has. If you, like, look him up. Oh, yeah. He, ha he has, like, an old... I thought he had, like, an old, uh, like, YouTube channel from, like, years and years ago. Well, either way, like, I wish I could go see a stand-up show, but oh well. He has a stand-up show? Yeah, he's got a stand-up tour going on right now. That's fucking awesome, dog. Well, it's not really much a stand-up show. He kind of just be he just like goes up on stage with a microphone. Is it just a, a glorified Q&A? Sure. <laughs> he kind of just tells stories. Let's see. And he did like in the squizzy way. Now that's a guy you can't tell if that's a work shoot or not. That guy's more of a that that guy. It's hard to tell between reality and fiction more than the MJF pipe bomb. Yep. Whatever that may be. Well then. Uh, no, did I'm Jake ever send us a hot or not? No, I'm about to call him once I get the bumper going. Okay. Worst comes to worst, you can always call my mom. We could. Let's see where this goes. All right, listeners, let me get that bumper. Okay. I had it on mute. Don't worry. Like, the audio still records. This is what's this thing that is mute. All right, so I'd explain the freaking... There was a moment for silence for us when I had the bumper going. Like, obviously, listeners, when you're going to hear it, the bumper's going to be going just fine. But I had the mute. I had the track muted for a minute. So, let me call good friend Bone Steel for a hot or not. Time for compelling radio. I can tell this is going to be one of our best shows. All right, let's dial this bitch. Okay. How loud? Oh, son of a bitch. Come on, you can go on Bluetooth. What? Why is it out on the Bluetooth? I don't know. It's not. I'm trying to connect. What? Wait. Does not... I'm not hearing it. Well, yeah, because it's not connected. Oh. I guess it doesn't work like that. All right. You're just going to have to cruelly listen to this. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Bitch. Well, then. There's not really much of a hot or not, is there? No. Unless your mom... Here's the thing. You have the option. We can wait for eventually Mr. Bone Steel to give us a hot or not, or we can contact your mom. Let's give it. Why not? Let's just do it. I'm already calling her. All right. Does she have the ability to send you links to a track? Hi, baby. Okay, mom. You're on radio. You're on radio. Hi. 
it's your number one fan. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, listen, we have a problem. So yeah. are you do you remember my do you remember my old obscure friend Jake Bonesteel? Yeah, that guy. Yes, you're hot or not, uh, master of wizards. Yeah, well, he is not a master of hot or not. He's tonight. not a master of jack crap today. Uh, he never got back to, <laughs> he never got back to James with a hot or not. So after like, all the months of you burying him, it's your time to shine. Like literally, Can, he was like busy. He's like, yeah, I'll send it to you, but I'm stuck in the mall right now because I grabbed a milk tea and there's a weeb fest going on in the mall. So I'm kind of yeah. in the midst of this friggin' mass of bodies. So it's your time to shine. Can you think of a hot or not? That's new. Well, you always said that you could find better songs yeah, than Jake. So. Honestly, I don't give a fuck. But it, but it has to be something new. Nah, who cares? Just give us Just something. Just give us something. Just give Please. us something. Give us some weird, obscure, whatever. What's like first? Okay. All right. Okay. You're making me think. Give me a minute. Oh, great radio, mom. Okay, I got it. Okay. The Plimsolls. The Plimsolls? Okay. How- a million miles away. All right. Um, the ha- Plimsolls? How the heck do you spell that? Um, P-L-I-M. Found it. Oh, he found it. Okay. It's from the, the great decade of the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Stranger Things. Hey. <laughs> All I can say is thank, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Mom. Thank you, okay. Miss Dan. Hope you have a good Friday. Thanks for being okay. our number one fan. <laughs> Laters. All right. Well, that a, million was mile, a million miles away by the Plim's Souls. All right. Let's listen to this. Plim's This sounds like the cure. It sounds like something that'd be at Cruel World. Good friend Oscar is at that shit. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty 80s. Not going to lie. On a retro version of Hot or Not. I'm a crack on a cold one. Oh. Fuck, I've been craving this. And almost spilled the shit out of that right now. <laughs> almost! No disaster here. Feels almost kind of surfy. Uh, yeah, dude, it's just post. It's just fun posty new post rock new wave, post punk new wave. Yeah, yeah, like stuff, bro. Just shit that you would see at Crew World, like the shit that that dude on Facebook was bitching about on Ghoul's Facebook page. That guy was a dumbass. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'm like, bro, come on. Yeah, dude. Why is there always a sushi and the Banshees banner in the background? Why is there always these kids wearing these ghost T-shirts yeah. and Evanescence? Yeah, Evanescence. Oh, it was the only said Joy li- Division. Yeah, Joy Division, bro. Why are they listening to Acid Bath, Mashuga, and Burn, Burn the Priest? I'm like, there was a jump right there. <laughs> I almost think he was almost satirical. It almost seemed like it. This is fun. It is. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. Uh. That's a pretty good chorus. I think this is a one-hit wonder band. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the Plim... The pl- what are they called? The Plismics? The Plim Souls. The Plim Souls. E-I-L-I-M-S-O-U-L-S. 
Plim Souls. I've never heard of these guys. Well, I have a feeling uh, there's a reason for that. Hey. Holy fuck, how long is this song? Well, how long does it say? Oh no, it's 3 minutes and 35 seconds. That's average. I'm just being an asshole. Hey, don't run yeah, off one-hit wonders. I saw a flock of seagulls on the free stage at the fair. They were pretty rad. Yeah, that's cool. See, thing is, because this is old, we don't. Re- there's not really anything to roast. We can roast these new age geeks. Well, we can roast it as fucking like the one hit wonder. Obviously, I can't roast because of Jake's like Jake's music opinions. <laughs> I can't. True, I like my mom's music opinions. Yeah, I'm like I'm enjoying this. This is good. I don't know, we could freaking bury bones still for not sending a goddamn hot or not. You know the thing we've hey, only I been doing I gave him a couple hour months. leeway. Yeah, he did. Like, yeah, it might have been his morning and he just woke up like an hour like after I like sent the message. Genuinely. Genuinely, yes. He goes to bed at 5, like, 7 a.m. Oh, yeah, let me grab a milk tea, but then get caught in the fucking weed fest that's going on in the damn mall. Oh, my God, fucking damn it. Mall core, weeb core. Yeah, no, for fucking realsies. Uh, sure. You know what? For retro, hot or not, I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> I would have that on my rotation on my I radio would show. throw that into my pot Potify? Spotify! I would throw that on my Spotify playlist, yes. Oh my god, bro. You're such a millennial, bro. Don't We're talking about like, hey, we're retro, hot or not, bro. The okay, fine. One... I would throw that on my mixtape. Yo, I would put that on my rotation because, dude, I'm a freaking put that DJ, up. bro. The I'd... video <laughs> video jockey video on the jockey. MTV. <laughs> yeah, dude, that shit's gonna be on my rotation for like a month. I would, I would blast that on my eight track from my Camino. Damn, fucking straight. With my popped up collar. Damn, fucking straight. All, All right. right. Hey, speaking of the eighties, oh, man, what's up with the eighties? Well, our classic album review this week. Oh, I'm a fuck you. <laughs> I'm trying to get a timestamp. I was gonna say, are you? T- <laughs> He's just stalling for time for the timestamp. Well, I was trying to get my phone ready, but you're like, all right, so talk about the 80s. Don't worry. I I, I can figure it out. I, f- I figured you liked keeping a brisk pace on the show. Well, sure. Let's if we go that. If we go over an hour and a half, you start to be like, bro, we're going so long. Yeah, I get fucking annoyed. I'm like, God damn it. Why are we going so long? I don't think anyone wants to listen to that long. I don't know. We're funny. You well, can be you can be carried to a good podcast. No, I can be. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, but forget. I don't know. But two hours gets very long. No, that's that's true. That's too long. At that point, we might as well just done the main event. At that point. <laughs> but yes, uh, right, tell us what we listened to on this day's. So, God damn it! Tell us what we listened to today on the CAR. The CAR is it's hard by the who released in 1980 like i don't know i think it was like 82 two yeah at least that's what it said on spotify this album is notable for two things to me yeah one very polarizing scores listen to this all music and encyclopedia of pop music gave it a two out of five i'm like okay Mm -hmm. some reviewer named robert christigou gave it a c music hound gave it a one one out of five, but Rolling Stone album guy gave it a 2.5 out of five, but then the Rolling Stone magazine itself gave it a five out of five. Second, what second this is a weird sounding album. Second, this album is notable for being the first last who album, which, or as I wrote, AKA, this is the who album with eminence front. 
So yeah, getting into it here, we got track one. Uh, Hop into this bitch. It's called Athena. This so the story behind this song is pretty funny. The song was originally written for an actress named Teresa uh, Russell. Uh, Pete Townsend wrote this song because he was drunk. He snored a line of coke at a Pink Floyd show and tried to hit on her when he saw her there, and she rejected him. So that's fun. Well, hey, hey, lad, massa, I'm the singer of the Who. Wait, wait, who's Pete Townsend? The he's the guitarist. Hey, I'm the guitar player of the Who. Who the Who? 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 The Who? Who? So the song kind of sounded. The song musically kind of reminded me of Fleetwood Mac a bit. So that's kind of fun. Hmm. It's not very exciting. It's all right. It's pretty much all I got out of it. It's good though. It's a six out of ten, I'd say. Sorry, this is a fucking hilarious video that I accidentally just pulled up. Oh I might as well just play it here and like listen to shit. I mean, you control the audio, so. Don't go to the hospital. Die. Be a man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, go- <laughs> Don't go to the hospital. Die. Be a man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. I just like, just like you know, I'll surf my Instagram real quick while you're like talking about Bro, the first song. Bro, can you song. save that because that should be a sound bit for Wizard, dude. That guy has just, dude. That guy has content on content on content. <laughs> if you ask me for, oh yeah, so song one, yeah, song one, please. I thought this was pretty low energy. I gave it a five out of ten. I did not care. I for almost, it. okay, like see, it was too low energy to start this record for me. See, I was gonna mention. Uh, I forgot to mention. I feel like I had a feeling going into this. I'm like, okay. This is either going to be one of those album reviews that either me and James are super in agreement on or that we're super polarized on. I feel like we're going to agree on this record. Track number two is called It's Your Turn. This song I thought was much better. It's kind of a throwback 60s vibe to it. Short, catchy, and sweet. Um, I gave that one another six. All right, so for song two, yeah, I wrote down it was better than the first song. I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say about it. Track 3 is called Cook's County. This one felt kind of eh again. Melody wasn't interesting. Lyrics weren't inspiring. I don't know. Just didn't really do anything for me. And the songs didn't really go anywhere either. So I gave I gave that one a 5. I like never give the Who 5s. Dude, I was on fucking something. Because like, I thought this was honestly a little bit better than the last song. Whatever I was vibing while trying to like clean my freaking work van. I give it a high 6 out of 10. I see. Yeah. I know. It's weird. Track 4 is the title track. It's hard. Feel... Okay, this song actually felt kind of old school who like, yeah, there's keys and Roger. The singer sounds a little older now for sure. Obviously, this is 20 years after the fact. Yeah, fuck. (laughs) But it but it felt dare he get old, but it felt like the first few albums who. So it's okay. It was upbeat and lively. I wrote here. It's a fun Beatle worship tune. I gave that one another six. So for song forward, I wrote down. Yes, it is hard, but I did vibe (laughs) a light seven out of ten. Yes, it is hard. Track five is called Dangerous, unedited 1997 version, whatever that means. So it's another Entwistle song. What I like about this song and pretty much all of Entwistle songs is how they're usually kind of just straightforward rockers. It's a fine song. I really dug it. I gave this one an upper mid six. So song five, I wrote down, hey, it's Huey Lewis, bro. A light (laughs) seven out of ten. I didn't think about that until... uh, 
I didn't think about that until you said it, but it did have some Huey Lewis vibes. It was pretty Huey. It felt very Huey Lewis. Track six is Eminence Front. Eminence Front to put on. Uh, it's another song I always forget they wrote. It's a radio punisher, but a lesser scale than others. You're not going to hear this one on the radio as much as you do Bob O'Reilly or My Generation. Song's cool, man. Honestly, I always loved it. I like this song. I will say one thing about the Who: even if the usually if they're even if their albums are mad, there's usually at least one to three songs where even if they're not radio pun- punishers, they stand out positively. It's a simple song with lots of layers, and I don't know, you just just the vibe, the tone, it feels cool cool i gave it an eight so this is definitely like a freaking 80s classic yeah because i just wrote down bro vice city (laughs) but for real though they did this song too damn yeah i gave it an eight out of ten i I thought the song kicks ass and then it's just a dude it's a whole vice city like it's just play like you jack someone's fucking car and the song comes on and you're vibing for sure yeah that's totally like the vibe and it's like hell yeah i vibe with this hell yeah and then I don't know about you, but for me, this fucking album oh, yeah. fell off a cliff after yeah. this song. Oh, yeah. What's song seven? I've known no war. So on top of the song not really doing much for me, and the music sounded nice, but it stayed at one beat the whole time and didn't really evolve. Just kept adding layers to it, which normally I like. That's actually uh, that's what, uh, that's what a lot of industrial bands do. But this was not industrial. This was The Who 20 years into their career. If it's done well, sure, it's fine. But this was almost six minutes. And I'll be honest, it just got boring. Took the wind out of my sails, especially considering Eminence Front such a banger. This one got a five from me. So uh, I'm going to give this one a little too positive score, so I'll change it. But I wrote down (laughs) this was a come down. For a song. Yeah. After coming off the high of Eminence Friend. Yeah. I gave it a six out of ten, but I'll drop it to a light six out of ten. Yeah, it was it was an oof, brother. Track eight is called One Life's Enough. And I wrote here, Ooh, watch out, y'all. It's ballad time. I, I wrote it feels like sticks is what I wrote, but I changed my mind later and wrote, Never mind. It's just very British. Very big, dramatic, and theatrical, and not all that interesting. I don't know what it was. It just didn't hook me. I like these. I usually like you know big dramatic songs, but wasn't for me. Another five. So song eight. Yes, I wrote down. Well, that was filler. Five out of ten. <laughs> all right, was tell me what's good on song nine. One at a time is the name, and these are my notes verbatim. Uh dot dot dot. Better than the last song. Six out of ten. <laughs> well. That was all I could think of to say. Here's the thing. I thought one at a time was a little bit tight. We'll yeah. give it a high six out of ten. Okay. Maybe like the filler made it to sing the song was better. It's a six out of ten. Yeah. We can for sure guarantee you that. Track ten is called Why Did I Fall For That? Yeah, why did he fall for that? And I wrote here, more like, why am I still listening to this album? Am I right? Yeah, no, this kind of felt long. Uh, it's more not gonna s- lie. <laughs> it's this more went on for fucking ever. I thought it wouldn't make that big a difference because they've had albums that are like nine songs, ten songs, and I think their first album might have been like fourteen songs. This song, this album's twelve songs. I'm like, that won't make that big a difference, huh, bro? It made a fucking difference. And it was still like over forty minutes, so it's like it was like long, but it wasn't technically long i wrote Listen to longer i wrote here this song is more of the same like a lot it didn't suck 
But it's at this point I'm like, you know, I wrote here, I'm really getting the vibe that the Who have been making songs for 20 years. The well feels a little dry. Oh, shit, really? I wrote the lowest of sixes of Hey, 10. that's why the fucking best songs were like, you know, the ones that they changed it up, like Huey Lewis and the Vice <laughs> City fucking radio banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I gave it the lowest of sixes. Uh, which was the, like, oh, song 10? 10, yeah. Yep, this felt like filler. Again, five out of 10. Track 11 is called A Man is a Man. I wrote here because I heard the opening chords and I'm like, no, it's the second to last song. And this song sounds this much like filler. Like once again, I'm able to concede that the music is nice, especially the keys. Like seriously, that's one thing I genuinely love because I think it's Townsend doing it mostly, if not all of it. I really like Townsend's ability as a key player, but I don't know about you, but bro, side B just lost me. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. I gave this another five. Dude, after Eminence Front, everything else is why the fuck bother? Yeah, right. But here's the thing about Song 11. Yeah. This song was very depressing listening to it. <laughs> Just lyrically. It was a very depressing yeah, it was. song. It really was. But for some reason, I thought it was pretty tight. I gave it a high six out of ten. Really? When I was listening to it doing its thing, it's like, what was the, what was the title called again? A Man is a Man. Yeah, I just said, like, I felt, I was like, I felt like there was some actual, like, like care into the song, so. And I felt, I felt felt in a vibe with it so that's why i give it a six out of ten now song 12 okay song 12 is called cry if you want at this point i'm like are you fucking mocking me <laughs> it has you, this it, okay i don't know were they mocking you this song has one of those was a band that like <laughs> dropped this record in the year of our lord of 1982 mocking uh, me 10 years before i was born yes, yes. Uh, so this song has one of those like 12. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're right. It was 1982, not four. Yeah. So it has, it has this faux like military march drum beat, which can I, I don't know if this is a hot take. I've heard rock bands, metal bands, and a whole bunch of other kind of bands do this thing where they have like a, like a, like a, like a snare military march drum roll thing. It is never interesting in songs. Stop doing it. It's boring. Anyway, I like the aggression that the song brought, and it had some nice piano interludes, but the last minute half is just the same drum beat, and the vo- and the dudes on vocals going, ooh, cry if you want, ooh, cry if you want, over and over and over, it's literally the last minute and a half, I'm like, what the fuck is this? No, stop it, please. I don't like it. Five out of ten. So, um, I wrote down this was there. A light five out of ten. And ironically, the score out of 120, this album got a 69, which coincidentally is the same score that um um who's next got. Except here's the thing. That was what? Nine songs. And that was their best record. This is all- who's next. What are you talking about? Wasn't that the one with uh, "Won't Get Fooled Again"? Oh wait, was that who's next? I'm thinking of like, "Who Are You" or the like record with "Who Are You." That's "Who Are You." Oh yeah. So yeah, who's next? Oh yeah, no, that record ruled. Yeah. So they technically had the same score, except here's the thing: this is almost fifty percent, which is an F. Yeah, like 
here's the thing. Who's next was nine songs. This was twelve songs. And oh, and this felt like twelve. This felt like fourteen songs. Here's the thing. Like this record compared to the last one, at least has a song that like you can listen to. This was definitely a one song album. Like yeah. there is some stuff if you really <laughs> fucking like the Who, then like is this the worst Who record? No, but. It's definitely not one of their best. No. But like as I said, the better Who songs are the ones where they're not fucking, you know, beating the well dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this will be their last album for 24 years. All right. So there, that usually goes uh, one or two ways. Yeah. Pretty interesting or fucking bad. <laughs> well, I haven't listened to any. Uh, I haven't listened to any songs off of. Uh, the new, uh, not the new, but the the next Who record, uh, which is called Endless Wire. And I don't want to ruin it for us, like, as far as, like, going into it, but... um, Oh, yeah, what's the reviews? Well, actually, better than this one, like, a lot better. As I said, but it's, it goes two ways. And it's 52 minutes, which I'm well, like... That could be any record, but... There's 19 songs. What? Tracks one through nine are just songs. But tracks 10 through 19, and I swear to you, this is how it's listed on the CD and on Wikipedia. Tracks 10 through 19 are considered Wire and Glass, a mini opera. So it's based on a novella that Pete, because Pete Townsend's like a published author. It's based on a book he wrote. What? Oh, yeah. So he wrote a nine part epic opera song. Well, because... Well, how do we review this? Do we review this as one whole well, song? So, Wire and Glass was, like, just an EP. Well, good. It should have stayed as a fucking EP. But he threw it on... But he threw because it on... Because the CD era, we can allow... We could put 80 minutes worth of fucking audio on a fucking laser disc. Yeah. On a, well, a smaller version of a laser disc. Which great for like you know putting like lots of like information audio sucks when you have to review an album. I'm just saying, forty minutes is such a good spot. Sometimes the best records are even less than forty minutes. The sweet spot for me might I've be said, thirty minutes. I've bro. said this before. The sweetest of sweet spots for records. I'm a little. I'll be honest. I'm a little more lenient. I'd say between thirty five and forty five. It's perfect. Obviously, there's exceptions to that rule depending on genre or whatever. But thirty five to forty five. If you could put out a banger record in that time frame, oh, dude, you're top tier. It usually turns out. And the Who have done that Yeah, between 35 and 45, or at least under 50. Yeah, it's called Who's Next, not (laughs) fucking whatever this one is. But I guess we're, I guess there's how many years that we have like pent Uh, up? uh, Well, there is 24, 24 years between It's Odd and uh, Endless Wire. And when did Endless Wire come out? 2006. Mm, we were in middle school, dog. Dude, fuck, dude. That's when I... Yeah, here we go. Dude, that's literally when I started watching WWE. Year after for me, because I started in 2005. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's crazy. That is crazy, bro. I never would have thought watching... uh, That's the same year... Well, well, sorry. No, I was saying, I never would have thought that... uh, Watching Ray and Eddie open up WrestleMania 21, yeah, I'd be like, you know, I bet you almost 20 years from now, I'm going to be talking about a random Who record with a dude in a room. 
Yeah, I'm like sitting there when I'm watching. Uh, I'm like sitting there going, "Oh, hey, John Cena's the champion. He must be the cool guy." And then like, "Oh, hey, let's build up to an elimination chamber pay per view." And then, "Oh, hey, Edge with this money in the bank gimmick. Oh, I guess he can just cash in randomly, and he stole the title from Cena after." John Cena went through a grueling hellish match and then the next night alright I'm Edge and I'm going to celebrate me becoming the world champion with a live sex celebration with my girl Lita right here I'm not going to lie it's a pretty baller we, that we, shit, well, we here's had a really good intro to the company I had Wrestlemania 21 well technically I had well, the video technically games technically the but... first show I watched yeah. was the one where Eric Bischoff got fired because he was in court and That's Vince right. McMahon was the judge and Vince McMahon threw him in a dumpster to yep. send him off I think it was also because it was also building up to the Elimination Chamber uh, first blood match between Kurt Angle and John Cena was the yes. main event Fuck, they had some good matches. But yeah, that was... Dude, 2005 to 2007 was a pretty good period. That wasn't a half bad period. Honestly, honest, I'm going to be honest. If you take out the Reign of Terror, I really think 2002 to 2007 was pretty good. Well, dude, that's when like the Reign of Terror, you know, kind of fell off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like 2005 is when Batista beat like Huntor at WrestleMania. Yeah, which, yeah. And then the next year, John Cena beat him. Yes, that's and then right. the year after, Cena faced yeah, Cena faced Shawn Michaels too. Oh, that was a good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't a half bad period. Yeah, I can't say I'm gonna go back and watch this. Going to be perfect, but oh, yeah, no. I'm like saying it's it's better than it I is. I tell you now. what, it feels really good to see people finally after all these years being like, you know what, John Cena was cool. Like how Brian Alvarez on Twitter last week because they did like a Cena package or something. He's just all his tweet said was Cena rules. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm watching. Well, here's the thing. There was a period where I was like, dude, fucking God, this Cena guy. But then there's a moment where he's like, you know what? Time has passed. I think we've let, we can actually sit back and enjoy him actually coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget, there was a rough periods with Cena. Oh, no. We, we said it we on cannot, the. We cannot like this. We cannot like forget. We cannot sit there and go like, you know what? We were really missing Cena. Yes, we are missing Cena. But you got to also remember there was a time where we were really exhausted dealing with Cena. It was like, what would you say, a five-year period? Yeah, it's like literally we could just give a fuck about him. Yeah, yeah. But and five, honestly, five out of 20 years, though, that isn't bad. And is he have, was he the best personality? No, because here's the thing. Cena now is the best Cena. Yeah. Like, you can't beat the Cena. He's legit. He's <laughs> like, dude, you are an entertaining, hilarious person. Yeah. And like, yeah, his wrestling matches are so, so like, yeah, he ain't going to be some fucking like super gnarly luchador or anything like that. But even then, like, I still felt like there was like that certain period where he was like, hey, Cena's trying to do indie style matches with his US Open challenge and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was a good period for Cena. As I said, like personality, he kind of came out more. I tell you what, I was saying because when we watched him on Tough Enough, like that fucking episode, tightly wound, it's like, dude, puckered ass Cena. It's like, dude, uh, you could call, like, you can let loose here, bro. It's third time I'm repeating it, but I don't care. The hardest thing I had to learn was how to have faith in myself. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Mr. Cena. Well, <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. But I can admit, like, obviously there has been a Cena memes, like, dude, him, like, you know, doing like over a thousand. Fuck, dude, he could be up to like. 2000 now doing make a wish foundation shit oh yeah there's little kids i've seen walking around with john cena shirts and they're at the age where i'm like there's no way they would have seen him wrestle regularly so it's like bro he's immortal he might be immortal he i don't i don't think he's he might not be steve austin in the wrestling world but i'm gonna say it he's probably past hulk hogan he might be past the rock 
Hard to say. Because, well, like, Rock makes a buttload the, of money. Here's the thing about The Rock, though, compared to Cena. Cena wrestled in the WWE, doing the WWE Championship thing, way, way longer. Long. Dude, yes. The Rock was literally four or five years. Yeah, it's crazy to think. Like, yeah, he got immortalized during that time period, but it was literally, it was literally four or five years. Yeah. Literally, Cena was literally there, like, wrestling consistently, double the amount of Rock's bro, tenure. He was 2006 for me, dude, even 2005. Yeah. To basically... When did he stop wrestling regularly? 2017? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's 12 years right there. I know, dude. 12 years of hatred, but then 12 years of fucking having super fans and stuff, dude. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's like, dude, and like, he has awesome fan interactions. Like, bro, dude. Oh, dude, yeah. I'm just saying, like, dude, the fucking story of, like, supposedly there was, like, these Ukrainian refugees that was, like, you know, trying to... That were oh, fleeing, yeah, you know, I heard about yeah, this. Yeah, fleeing Ukraine. And this mom tried to give her kid the courage to continue, like, cruising because, you know, it's a terrifying situation. And oh, literally, yeah. her mom told her kid, hey, if we can make it pa- past the border and get out of Ukraine, I will make sure you meet John Cena. And John Cena legit heard the story. He's like, well, I'm going to fly there and meet this fucking kid. Oh, yeah. It's great. I love that, man. I was like, fuck, bro. I know we're going to see anything for a while, but before we get to the main event, I want to put him over one last time. I know that, you know, when it comes to WWE, like talking about their long term stories over the years is kind of seen as like a meme because like, oh, bro, they don't tell long stories. But I'm a fan that I truly believe all professional wrestling is like kind of a like one big flowing narrative because it's a continuous history. One thing I've always liked about uh, I was thinking about it. I've come to this conclusion, like within the last few years, you know, I remember everyone always saying like, oh, Cena should turn heel. But, you know, I'm going to be honest in retrospect. Kind of glad he never turned heel because I think it's an interesting story. Because think about it, you had Hulk Hogan, big baby face, but then you know eventually he's hated by people who grew up, and then he turns bad guy. Uh, Roman Reigns, right? He tries to be the superhero, but then he goes bad guy. John Cena is like the only like big premier face in at least WWE. That's uh, I mean he started out heel, sure, but once he turned baby face, he never turned heel again. And I'm not gonna lie, if we're looking at the long expansive story of people in WWE, like the big people, uh, I just feel like that's really in- that makes it that makes him unique. He's the one guy that really stuck true to you know himself and stayed the good guy, which I think is I think that's cool. I think that's interesting. And like. Obviously, it worked for Hulk Hogan. I guess you can technically work for The Rock, and it's working for yeah. Roman Reigns right now. But there, I'm sure there was a thing with Cena, too. The only people saying that were these fucking, like, you know... Just Attitude era marks. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. And, like, would it even matter? Like, <laughs> like would it have been actually better? Hard to actually say. It really is. I don't know. If there's a way we could, like, fucking Doctor Strange this into actually seeing a multiverse where Cena actually turned heel and then actually see how that went. Yeah, I'd be kind of curious on that one, but but he, he never did. But I'm saying there are periods though where it's like technically you could say he was just the biggest heel. Oh yeah, just him being too good. He always said that, bro, yeah. dude. Fucking, I'm just thinking right now, dude. Here's the thing about Cena that people won't forget: there were some rough times. Like, dude, embrace oh, yeah. the hate. Oh yeah, embrace the hate was very bad. That was uh... yeah. Let's have John Cena technically just bury Zack Ryder. Yeah. And then have this weird fucking feud with Kane. Of course, at the end of the day, he is just doing what Vince McMahon tells him to do. So I I think to a degree, everyone always sort of understood that. But yeah, it's... But here's the thing. As I said, like, he gained a <clears throat> super awesome personality in, like, the later end of, like, the 2010s. Oh, yeah. I'm he, just saying, because yeah, like, yeah. I don't think we go back and then he's having, like, the best personality. 
Like yeah. maybe he has some funny stuff, but dude, I'm just saying, like, dude, oh, like you could like this isn't John Cena and Jimmy Fallon. No, you with, no, you said it be- You said it best. Uh, episode two of Tough Enough, like Cena just became like officially like really became awesome in the last like pretty much ten years. Yeah, it's great. I think he was again. I think he was always cool, but yeah, it's cool to see. Like I'm just saying, like he was like a, like I said, like freaking coming in. It seemed like he was the cool champion. If you like rap music or some sorts yeah, yeah. like he seemed like now, i love the thugonomics gimmick i don't know about but you even then like still like here's the thing even like it wasn't thugonomics he still had like a rap aesthetic when i started watching 2006 yeah it wasn't until the marine came out which uh marine cena was uh, like 2009 i think he like kind of like his shorts became shorter also his arms became fucking ridiculously huge well yeah i remember he remember was that? buff as a cloud yeah <laughs> He was like ridiculously buff. It was crazy. Yeah, there's always it's so weird seeing Cena lean now. Like it looks good. Like I no, feel no, like, he looks good. It's not an issue, but it's just I like, feel like he looks better lean. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, buff as a Klaus was ridiculous, bro. Like, dude, his arms were too big, and I think that probably hurt his wrestling ability too. As I said, like the period when he tried to be like he go to all indie style and shit too. Yeah. Him trying to do fucking springboard monkey. stunner. Yeah, him no <laughs> trying to do like code red monkey flips and shit. You thought that monkey flip of him was the funniest Bro, thing. He tried to do that, but they didn't rotate and he was literally fucking doing bunny hops on, like freaking like handstand style while like wrapping his legs around someone. It was ridiculous. Wasn't bad though. The matches. Oh yeah, no. They're, dude, they were fun matches. To tie us all back into the who before we move on, to prove your point, yeah, who's next? 43 minutes, dog. Damn right. <laughs> all right. Let me get the timestamp and then wits. I don't know why I said wets. What are you doing, your Elmer Fudd voice? Let's, let's, let's go, you wasky wabbit. Yeah, let's go, you wasky wabbits. Okay, listeners, it's time for the main event. This fucking show. Uh, my dude, what did we watch this week? The episode six of Tough Enough, and I'll just repeat what I said again for emphasis, <laughs> this fucking show. Dude, the episode real. is called It's Nut Cutting Time. Nah, dude, far as I'm concerned, it's not nut cutting time. It's ranting time. So, not right now, but later. Oh, well, let's get into this episode. So let me uh, just like how the show recaps, but I'll recap yeah. it my way. Please. Last time on Tough Enough... Booker T was ready to fucking murder Skid Marks. <laughs> Booker T was a very scary Skidmar- man. Yeah, dude, he was very scary. And I guess he did not like Skid Marks goofy. I'm getting gassed out. Time to do indie wrestling sticks. Why are you feeling fatigue? He didn't say that. But that's what it feels like. We see uh, Martin our also or Donnie Osmond. I think at this point I'm just calling him Martin. Yeah. But see, he's being good. I'm Martin now. Yeah. And we see Luke, cool hand Luke. He's just being a disappointment. And we also then see him in elimination. He's pissing off Stone Cold, just standing there. With and he's his, dressed like a Yakuza side character. Yeah, he's just with his popped up collars, his freaking jelled up like Ryan Seacrest hairdo. And freaking Stone Cold just like getting bitching out. But due to skid marks, like basically being in elimination, like in elimination freaking shit three times in a row. He's like, dude, that's three strikes, bro. Just, you're out. Sorry, you're out. And then, yeah, we like after we see the recap of that, they go back to the house. We see Big Rig is just freaking doing 
just basically doing curls, just freaking pumping iron. And then Luke rolls up and he's like, yeah, man, I just like, they allowed me to come in to say goodbye. And he's like, nah, you didn't get eliminated. Nah, let's bro the fuck down. There's a part where, uh, it just cuts back to Jeremiah and Luke walking away and Jeremiah, AKA big rig, uh, looks at him and he's like, insecure huh because stone cold asked luke if he was insecure and after big rig asked that luke literally and you guys can't see me james can uh luke laughs just like this he goes ha 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 it was very weird dude luke kind of comes off as a fucking serial killer so unlikable like i'm not i'm not trying to be mean are you but he's really unlikable yeah no no i think you're just stating facts he's kind of not a cool dude and we then, see Eva Lisa's yeah. not stoked that Christina has returned because, you know, Christina got her injured. And then Christina's sitting there and like, I really feel the past aggressive vibe coming off of Eva Lisa over there. What'd you say happened? Oh, yeah. You fucking injured her! Yeah. It's not even a minute in and this show pissed me off. All right. All right. So, lol. I wrote down lol. Ed, sing the theme. I'm going to drink some water. I listened back to me singing the theme last time, and I knew it when I was doing it, but I heard it back. I'm like, bro, this sucks. <laughs> at least at least Rock of Love, I didn't actually have to sing because Brett doesn't have to doesn't sing. But yeah, some people like to learn. Some people wait their turn. Some people live to fight. Some people I forgot to get that lyric. I, I'm just going to do the British raps. It's the best part. Uh, they want to hold you back, tell them pay off. Whenever they say you can't take the seal off. I remember when they told me I wouldn't be famous. Now my dream and reality are simultaneous. Hey, you're getting it. I'm always pushing myself to the limit, making sure I stay Oh, ahead. shit, there's more. This is the singing part. You made me who I am from the words you said. Some people love to fight. Some people give their lives. Some people don't believe, but I was born a champion. Beat. So I was born a champion. And then you gotta feel hungry in your tummy. Dude, this fucking theme song sucks. It's so bad. Oh, dude, it's fucking horrible. Like, it's actually bad. Okay, here's the thing. I got a bone to pick with you because actually, Ed has actually, Ed, good host Ed over here has done video edits of like, old uh of like our older episodes of like the season one of rock love yes i tapered off for a bit sadly but i'm back at it i'm working on episode five yeah he's like slow yeah you're slowly working on it basically you're taking audio from the like podcast doing a cut edit doing meme edits it's pretty fun i enjoy it thank you but dude why aren't you like throwing in you singing the theme wait did i not like have you sing the theme at that time i I thought you didn't really start regularly getting me doing that until about season two, believe it or not. Or maybe near the end of season one, I remember. Well, I blame myself on that one. Well, either way. Those old podcasts are fucking weird to listen to. Yeah, they're they're fucking our first podcast, so they're worse than they are now. I'll tell you what. uh, I wouldn't say Except they're good in a video format. I would say this. I wouldn't say you sounded uncomfortable, but you definitely sounded uh, less fluid, I guess you could say, on the mic. Yeah, I could say. Yeah, no, I could totally agree on that one. I have to edit around your stutter sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not perfect either, but... Yeah, no, but I ain't tripping on the stutter. That's how it be. Yeah, yeah. Hey, the only way you're going to get good is to, like, practice. And I would like to think of that uh, episode 91 here, oh, bro, I'm better than episode one. Oh, bro, we're way better now. Yeah. We genuinely are. Get yeah, fucking straight. Okay. Well, unless we want to re- re-review those fucking episodes that with better fluidity... 
Okay, listen. We've joked about how <laughs> no. people pay us to podcast. Even if we were being paid by Patreon or sponsors or whatever, and we made our living off this podcast, you yourself would have to pay me out of pocket to watch Rock of Love again. Not the people, not Liquid Death. By the way, Liquid Death sponsor us. You would have to pay me. That or I just don't pay rent for how long we watch. Either or. That's my prize tag. Yeah. All right. So uh, the show really opens up in the gym. I'm like, yeah, well, now it's daily training. And Bill says today we're going to earn our money. Yeah, that's what Rexman says. And then he has Martin lead the contestants through some squats. Yep. So basically Rexman's just making him do calisthenics. Showing a nice progression of Martin's character because he's won the last three weeks in a row and they have him leading the workouts. I'm like, good for you, Martin. Well, either way, they're doing calisthenics and obviously the focus goes to Mr. Eric. Who cannot fucking is like, he's basically getting gassed. And they're getting mad at him. He's like, sir, why are you getting all gassed over here? Can you do these exercises? You seem like you're not really fit, like got yourself fit and in shape for this competition here. That's putting in nicely. Bill said, Bill, Bill Demond, aka Hugh Morris, aka General Erection, aka Hugh G Erection, says, We started at 14, now we're at eight. We still haven't separated the top from the bottom. There's that one blood clot in the middle, as they focus in on Eric on camera, and I'm going to be the blood thinner. And I wrote here, Man, he really thinks he sounds cool, doesn't he? I'm going to be the blood thinner. I just know that Eric is dying and then Booker starts grilling him. Yeah, Booker. Oh, my God. Booker is lamb because because they're the most disappointed in him because as they say a lot throughout this episode, he's got a he's got such a good look. You've got so much potential. It's like, bitch, it's just because he's tall. Yeah, he's just tall. And like, here's the thing. He can work well. But like, hey, let's just make him do the CrossFit fucking games. I'm going to jump ahead really quick to something that I believe Bill says later about Eric. He's good for, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically says he's good for five seconds, then he gets gas. Speaking of Eric. Well, however the hell you guys are fucking doing it. Jesus Christ. Speaking of Eric, who does in fact look gassed during this talking head, says the training's been hard since day one, but now it's like a thousand times harder. I'm like, wow, a thousand? crazy basically he's like yeah so first day they made me do like a hundred squats now they're making me do a thousand squats i'm like and they're so, and i'm like <laughs> i feel like i've been getting more in shape but i feel like they just keep adding more and more i i wrote here i'm like the training looks the same to me when i think of a thousand times harder i don't see these guys doing like two finger vegeta push-ups yeah booker eric is like you want to take a break don't you you want to yeah. take a no, break sir. don't you no sir don't lie to me no sir i can do this sir Booker says in a talking head how Eric came into this competition totally unprepared. He says, I always say that's your worst enemy in this business. And yeah, that's this is literally the first five minutes of the show. It's them yelling at the contestants. Eric in particular looks absolutely wrecked. They show Ivelisse and Christina have uh, no coordination because it shows them sparring a bit, I believe. And as Bill's, these are Bill's own words to them. You can't forward roll together. You can't leapfrog together. What can you do together? Yeah, they're making them do synchron, do freaking synchronized rolling. And I wrote here, gee, I don't know. Maybe you should be instilling better basics in them instead of just having them do moves. 
That's literally it. Yeah, it's like, hey, I need you guys to do synchronized moves. And but then, it seems like, oh, hey, why aren't you? It seems like you guys can't do anything together. I don't know. It seems like the train's a little backwards here. And then Steve Austin shows up. And right off the bat, he gives us our word of the week. Here's the thing. Oh, actually, no, we did actually get a guest star this week. But he, yeah, just, he showed up later. The word of the week is focus. Focus. You step in this ring, you're focused on executing, taking care of the person in the ring with and yourself. I can be having the worst day, but when that glass breaks, I go out there, I'm focused. I got to take the crowd for a ride. And I'm like, okay. He says that. But over the last six fucking weeks, these assholes have been drilling into these peeps' heads like, hey, don't be flashy, don't improv, stick to the script and do what you're told. But then he says, I got to go out there and I got to take this crowd on a ride. This was funny, though. He says next, if I'm worried about divorce number two or divorce number three, (laughs) then people are wondering why they shelled out 50 bucks to see Stone Cold Steve Austin stink up the joint. So you need to be focused. I'm like, 50 bucks? I'm like, Steve, this was 2006. Cheap seats are still maybe, like, depending on the venue, like 100 bucks at that point. No, 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 no. You can still spend $50. Like, we spent, like, okay, no, not double or nothing. No, what was the show? There's a show I was at that. No, AEW's new. They need they need to be a little pricier, ish. No, not really. Well, here's the well, thing. that's what their fans tell. Mar- that's what their fans well, here's tell the, me. See, that was second market tickets. No, like literally when they released tickets that day that were better seats than ours. Like, dude, they were like sixty dollars than the seats we oh, had. Oh wow, really? Yeah, but they literally released them like the day of. It's like fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Quit fucking releasing random like better seats at like actual like price. You fucking assholes. So then he asked Christina, are you focused? She says, I am. And then in her talking head, she says, I feel like last week was definitely a wake up call. I'm like, really? By the sound of your voice doesn't sound like it. Did you know this is Alicia Fox's sister? Really? Yeah. Huh. Ain't that some... And you know, once I saw that, I looked at her in the face. I'm like... I see it. bro. I see it. They've got like the same cheekbones. She doesn't look as crazy as Alicia Fox, who, by the way, disappeared for a little while. She hasn't made any public appearances in years. She hasn't used her Instagram in two or three years. But according to someone, I forget who, on Lillian Garcia's podcast, uh, she went back to school and got an education. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. Good for her. Sorry you weren't a good wrestler. You weren't that good a wrestler. Oh, I wouldn't blame her. I feel like the sister. I guess she had a lot of uh, personal issues, basically, from what I read. Yeah, that too. So then out of nowhere, the camera cuts to Luke and Bill says, like, literally, it cuts to Luke. And then we hear Bill yell, hey, you slam Jeremiah. And then we see Luke scoop slam Big Rig and Big Rig is like, here's the thing. He's not just slamming him one time. Uh-uh. He's like, all right, I need you to scoop slam him. And he's just picking him up and scoop slamming him like 10 times straight in a row. Keep in mind, they never told us he had to do it 10 times. It's but just happening. It's just happening. And it's like, what? The show, and then Big Rick just yeah. like rolls out. He's like, wow, that sucked. I'm going to go sit down. And then we see him spitting blood into a bucket. But then oh. we see Rection. He's getting a fucking erection over here. Going like, man... Big Rick's got a great go-getter attitude as he's just sitting there in pain, spitting blood in a bucket. Oh, yeah, he's my guy. Oh, it's like, 
You are a very backwards man. Two things I took from this. One, mm. so all the trainers like Big Rick for the most part. Their whole thing is, yeah, he's green, but he's really good. He's a go-getter. This episode specifically, bro, I don't know what it was. Booker T was all about Big Rick. Because right before the slamming starts, Booker T goes, that's my dog right there. And first he's off, like, I guess, that made me happy because Big Rick was one of my favorites from Daisy of Love. Yeah. So it's like. I think Big Rick's a very likable guy. So then I want learning while learning <laughs> while like, you know, uh, doing these podcasts. We found out this Jeremiah lad, a.k.a. Big Rig, He's a very likable guy. Yes. Except when he was like he was very punchy and ready to like kill everyone on, on Daisy of Love. But I blame that more on the environment. A lot yeah. of drinking. Yeah. I blame VH1. Those fucking assholes. Dude. Like this Big Rig is a chiller. I thought the stories for Daisy of Love and one and two of Rock of Love are crazy, but that bus story from season three take took the cake. I'm like, wow, these guys were evil. Yep. But uh, I was going to say, so yeah, just like you said, I wrote, I wrote here in my notes, Luke apparently is bad at suplexes because yeah, um, they're so bad that, oh, he, yeah, Bill at the end of every suplex says he counted. He's like, one, you're going to kill him by the end of the day. He slams him again. Two, you're going to kill him by the end of the day. And then, yeah, he spits up blood. So I wanted to ask you, because you know a lot about physical stuff. Sure. What's the question? One, how do you have to how do you have to suck so much at wrestling that you make someone bleed with a soup, spit out blood with a suplex? And two, how would that even happen from a suplex? I'm trying to think in this situation because for Jeremiah to spit out blood, I don't know if he got friggin' like his mouth smacked. That's the only thing I could think of. Unless like he he's, bit something, I don't, maybe bit something, or he's bleeding internally, or friggin' like I don't know, getting friggin' slammed down like ten times. I'm sure is only so. It's like you know, only feels so good. Yeah. Well, no, the way they've been training these people, it sure it sure sounds like every WWE match is just going to be suplexes, leapfrogs, and headlocks. Yep. So then, so they, either way, yeah. So then, but he's right back up, and like you said, uh, erection gets an erection. And he's like, oh my god, dude, he's just sitting there spitting blood in a bucket. I'm just like, yeah, dude, that's a freaking guy right there. He's green as grass, but oh, he's getting it. Oh, he's getting on. Oh. Uh, what'd you say he's very backwards man yeah he's a very backwards man yeah he's a very backwards lad so then everyone throws the bag around for a while tumbleweed picks it up wrong and booker goes just like this come on tumbleweed yeah like aj's getting confused on like this bag trish trish expresses uh disappointment at aj she says yeah that he's he's too nice he's in the background he's just in the back well She's not wrong. No. I'm he's just barely, he's had slightly more screen presence than Christina, but Christina oh, no. had like the last episode in this one. Yeah, like Christina has better presence than this fucking guy. Yeah. I, I kept li- forgetting this dude's name, and his name is literally two letters. AJ. <laughs> yeah, no, he's kind of forgettable. I remember Andy more than this guy. I know. Well, Andy was a, was showing a little bit more on this episode. A little bit. So He's getting there. So then this part made me laugh. Trish says talking about how he's nice but in the background a lot she says there's no room for mediocrity in this business I'm like are you sure about that i've watched wwe i watched when you were wrestling yeah, i'm not calling her mediocre i'm saying i saw mediocre talent there's so no, there's no room for mediocrity in this business um <laughs> um shit 
See, it's one of those things where it's like you have examples in your head, but there's so many. It's hard to pick. Um, Hey, we'll start off with Cameron. (laughs) She she was the first one to be eliminated on this show that you are a judge of. The first person. And then she became a Funkadactyl. She was the most successful one. Yeah, she had a personality, sure, yes. And she was good for on Total Divas. Yeah. But when she actually had to do wrestling matches, they were fucking horrible. Yes. Like, literally, she had a bad match with Asuka. How... And that that how is that possible? Oh no, being fucking mediocre. And that back at this point in time, all Oscar had to do was kill you in two minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and she sucked at that. But there's no room for mediocrity in this business. Calm down there, Trish. It's like Trish, are you forgetting that you are literally the only one from that time period that people gave a fuck about, except for Lita? And then when Mickey James got there, it's not that people didn't care about Stacy Keebler, Tori Wilson, or Maria. Tori Wilson was sort of a well-known name, and Candace Michelle was on Playboy and did like Bro. a couple. But it's like Th- they were hot. <laughs> well, yes, Th- there are there were. Didn't Tori Wilson like wrestle in Japan? No. I don't, you would have to wiki that one. I'll wiki that later. But I yes. That. Oh, but though, if you want to talk about mediocrity, you think Tori Wilson was fu- an actual world class wrestler? Puppies. Yeah, puppies. Jr. Puppies. <laughs> All right. What the fuck are we? We've been on this like same spot for a minute. So yeah, they call Jeremiah to the ring. They say slam this bag, then elbow drop it from the top rope. Oh no! From like the second rope. From the second rope, but Bigger goes, "I'm going off that top rope. I'll go off the top rope. Oh, he's gonna go off the top rope." Stone Cold says he's got gumption. He's got some gumption. Oh, but this is great. In the talking head, Big Rig says, I've got pretty big bowels. <laughs> like he says all the he says other stuff, but honestly, that's all you need to know. He just that's all a, you need to know he says. Like, hey, I got big balls. So, so I'm cool going off the top rope to do this elbow drop. It don't scare me. It's so cool <laughs> be sitting there like he got gumption and Rex just going. Yeah, he's got gumption. So he does a drop off the top rope, but he gets too much air and he whips it like a CM Punk drop. And then, and every- where's the thing? CM Punk would have jumped as far and as gracefully. I don't think Punk can jump that high. Nope. So everyone does <laughs> some elbow drops. So everyone does uh, some elbow we're- drops, but I want to point out Eric. He does not so much do an elbow drop as much as he does what I could only describe here as a sideways belly flop. Yep. Ivelisse still can't slam the bag, and the traders treat her like an asshole because of it. Yeah, and I'm sitting there like, Ivelisse is tiny and struggles to lift a bag while her leg is bothering her. Oh, but they're disappointed. They're shaking their heads. Oh, man. And I'm like... But the bag is as big as her, you dicks! Dude, Ivelisse is tiny. Yeah, I don't see fucking Trish fucking whipping this out. And then this is when I decided, you know what? The show's kind of... Fuck this episode. Yeah. Booker T in a talking head says... I don't know how bad the injury is, but I think she's using it as a crutch. In our business, we suck it up. I had so much anger, so many things I wanted to say in that moment. I I'm I swear to you, I I always take these notes on my phone. I dropped my phone. I was so mad. I spasmed from the motions my body made in rage at the at the statement made by GI Bro. I'm just going to tell you right now, the first thing that came to mind when I said that, and I wrote it here in all caps to summarize my big rant that I could have gone on. I just wrote horseshit, bullshit, fuck you. Yeah, no, it was kind of a bullshit comment right there. It's like, in their business, you suck it up. I think there are situations. You know what? I feel like I have a little quick rant, but they'll be more appropriate in the next couple of scenes. Oh, yeah. 
because and I because I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Rain in the ranting for two reasons. One, because there's I don't more to the show. There's, there's more, more to the show, and I didn't want to eat up too much time. And two, I don't know if my rants are funny or not. I know you get a well, chuckle out of them. Here's the thing: like Booker, well, Booker said right there was like, "Use we suck it up," and I'm like sitting there as like, there is a threshold, Booker. There is a threshold. Yes, and there are times where you can suck it up, and then there are just times. You just can't. Yes, literally. That's not weakness. That is not a bad person. That is the limits of the human body and mind. Yeah, and Booker's looking like a dumbass right there. But either way, we see Christina. She's doing really good, surprisingly. She stepped up her game. And if you thought doing this freaking elbow drop spot yeah. with the bag. And if you thought I got mad before. So Christina goes in there. And yes, like you said, I'll agree. She showed signs of life. She's doing good. And by signs of life, I mean she's not sucking. Yeah. She's suplexing. She's dropping. The judges love it. She, she, that's she, like, she, oh, she, wow, she you like suck less today. She slams Look the at this bag. Progress. She slams the bag and gives it a little, a little smack. A little smack. Uh -huh. And the judges all laugh. Ha 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 ha. They get it gaily to each other. Uh -huh. She goes for this elbow drop. And Booker T says in a talking head, she's got that ballerina thing going on. You got to have grace. You got to have showmanship. Got to have charisma. And Christina has all of that. And then Bill says, as she's about to drop, she says, he says, get it, mama. Horseshit, bullshit, fuck you. Well, did Christina suck on the elbow drop? I can't remember. It was, it was better than Eric. <laughs> there you go. If it's better than Eric, we I think that I think that's success. And I wrote here because they're trying. Okay, I'll just say it here. So then they finish up. Rexion calls a day, but then he notices there's eight competitors, but there's only seven heads. And he's like, "Oh, you got to be fucking with me." So Evilise is in the kitchen. Booker and Bill go to talk to her, and they're talking yes, to her GI like bro and general Rexion. They're talking to her like they think she's ready to quit. She's telling them how much pain she's in. And she is literally trying not to cry. First off, first off, Bill and Booker couldn't look like they give less of a shit if they tried. And Bill says, you know, you really got to know how much pain you're willing to endure. Shit happens. You move on. And then Booker says. Booker says, mm -hmm. you look at a guy like Triple H. He tore his right quad off the bone and he finished the match. Excuse me a sec. Horseshit, bullshit, fuck you. Okay, I'm just gonna do the rant here. Fuck this pain through playing through pain bullshit. I'm sick of it. I hate it. I was so mad. Never mind the fact that the show, and I think they say this later, never mind that the show is trying to tell me, the viewer, that now Christina is better than Evil Lease. But they're guilting Evilise for being hurt. They are glorifying unhealthy athletic practices. Wrestling through pain is dumb. It's stupid. Don't do it. I don't care if this was 11 years ago. These assholes still give injured people a hard time. And I also don't care if this was for television. I really think they wanted us to side with Booker and Bill. That's the fucked up thing. This show is presenting Booker and Bill as right. No, fuck off. Fuck you. This show is making me hate these people. These judges, they, they're so unlikable. 
Austin is able to not be hateable because he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. But Booker, even Trish and Bill, these guys are mad at her for being hurt. They shame her for being hurt. Booker T goes on the whole thing throughout the show, throughout the show, how she's milking it. Oh, she lets us know when she's hurt. She can't... Fuck you! That's my rant. Thoughts? Right, here's my thoughts on the situation. So, let me break this down on his statement right there. When he said, look at Triple H. And hold it, I was just sitting there freaking... Sorry, I was like, I got like sidetracked right now because I got a notification saying someone liked my comment on. I was watching a YouTube video <laughs> earlier with uh, Finn McKenty as he was doing, uh, you know, he was doing the rating. He was doing the rating system on like video game consoles and he oh, yeah. gave the GameCube. Uh, he put the GameCube on the C tier and I wrote in a comment. I just rage quit after you just put the GameCube on the C tier. I'm going to go watch the new Channel 5 video. I'll come back and finish this video later. I mean, PS2 was better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, he put the PS2 in the S tier. Oh, yeah. But, like, the GameCube, I'm like, homie. GameCube is better than C tier. Oh, dude, it's fucking way better than C tier. <laughs> C tier is like... I'm like, bro, dude, that is like a party system. That is literally a system you actually sit in the same room with other people and actually play video games with. That is literally what we do with our friends. Yes. <laughs> the GameCube is, like, great for that, but... The only reason we play the Switch is because of, of Smash Bros. But whatever, whatever it may be. But all right, actually, going back to what your rant was, uh, I got my notes. Um, when Booker says he brings up Triple H, he br- he tore his quad off the bone, but he still finished the match because that's what he we do. He says. Well, let's uh, break it down. Yes, I have a feeling Hunter could uh, tear his quad, and then he had like, yeah, he can tough it out for another five to ten minutes. Maybe 15. But then you know what he did after the match? He went off to get surgery and then go relax. Mm-hmm. Here's the Ivelisse. Oh, my leg is really hurting bad. You know what she got to do the next day? She's got to go back and do more bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, Triple H, he got injured. You know what he did? He went and got, he went and relaxed. Yeah, he got a vacation. Booger, that's a really, really dumb comment when you break that down. It's so stupid. It's like, here's the Ivelisse could tough it out in a scenario where she has to finish the match. But you know what will happen after? She goes get that look and then see what's the next proper step to next appropriate step for the situation. Yes. And if this show wants it to wants it to be believed this, she's been dealing with this for literal weeks. Or at least for a good couple of days. It, no, for sure it's only a couple of days. But the way the show presents things, it's like this stuff happens over a period of weeks. Because, well, whatever, you get it. Instead of just going, hey, if you're in too much pain, sorry, you got to get leave the competition. There's like, sorry, you just got to tough it out. You can't tough it out. You're not tough enough to be a WWE superstar. You're not yeah, tough look enough at, to be a diva. Yeah, yeah, look at Triple H. He toughed it out like a quad tear. Yeah, you know there's the subcontext, as I literally just said. Oh, he had to tough it out for another five to ten minutes. I'm sure it was very painful. Five to ten minutes. Life sucked. Mm-hmm. And then freaking life sucked more in the back because his leg was torn. But you know what happened? I bet he got surgery then the next day or two. Yes. Guys, are you uh, are you fucking dumb? Do you think we're fucking dumb? Because we understand even Lisa's situation. She's trying, but it, yes, it's affecting her. But obviously, you're not giving her a good option where she can just like, oh, well, because she knows that she would be left out of the competition. But you guys are like, oh, no, you got to tough it out. Booker, shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's a really dumb comment. I have a feeling if you got injured, 
you're going to be, uh, you know, having to take a break to recover that. If you were in like, because yes. here's the thing, later on she is asked how much pain she is and she's an eight. And I'm like, that seems very, re- if you're an eight, I don't think you can work through that. No. At most, a six. She's literally limping as she walks half the time. I'm just saying, at a six, you can maybe work through that. There are pain levels, sure, you can work through and you can like deal with. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. At times there is like you feel at times you feel obligated for a job and there's times you get in pain, but you can still work smart and deal with it if you had to be productive. But if you're at an eight, I think you need a break. Yes. So Booker, quit being a fucking dumbass. Well, I'm sure Booker isn't a dumbass. Maybe he's fed these lines. Yeah, that's the thing. If he I has really this philosophy, tell. I'm like, well, good thing the fucking good thing that you're free. Good thing you made some money in wrestling because you're a fucking idiot. I if was, this is true, I was legitimately so so super duper angry from uh, this. I was like, I was getting angry. I'm just like, wow, these are so fucking dumb motherfuckers here. <laughs> They're bringing up examples that aren't relevant. Yeah. Honestly, you could debate it. And I'm like, you guys are kind of fucking dumb. Why would I want to work here? Besides, injuries affect everyone different. Like, yeah, Triple H could, you know, did got that quad tear and finished the match. But do you remember when Vince tore his quad when he slid into the ring at Royal Rumble and he literally could not move? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Oh no, but you gotta tough it out and go like, here. You gotta tough it out, McMahon. Yeah, you gotta tough it out, McMahon. We need you on Raw the next night working with Terror Quads. No. He's getting surgery. But what about all the times the next- Kevin Nash tore his quad? Did they make him work the next night? No. <laughs> no. Fucking hell. Seriously. These fuckers are really fucking dumb right now. <sighs> so moving on. So yes, finally moving on. They meet Stone Cold outside somewhere. I don't know what these things are called. These big like it's it, it's um which is called a rope course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. So they meet Stone Cold at a rope course. Um, it's like because there's like a you know there's a little bit of rock climbing section. There's a balance rope beam. bridges. Like obviously you have a harness with like a wire above you that you're attached. <sighs> yeah. If you accidentally fall off, you're basically just like caught and hanging. But we could see. A rope obstacle course or yes. a rope course to be short. So Stone Cold says, "We've been talking to you about focus. So to show you the way of the, the show you the way of focus. Yes, that's what he says. Um, he brought in the John sh- Morrison, the with, shaman of sexy, wearing his own T-shirt. And I sit there and I was sitting going like, you know what? For once, the pick isn't baffling." If you're bringing in parkour practitioner, flippy lad, John Johnny, Mo- jo- yeah, John Morrison, Johnny, a million fucking names, Johnny Mundo, yeah, Johnny Mundo, the best like iteration for picking for focus. I literally sat there. You know what? If the parkour guy is the theme of the week for focus, I think that's actually a good choice. You know, not the other ones where, hey, let's get the crippled old man to be agility. Let's get Rey Mysterio, the high-flying luchador, for teamwork. Yeah, just teamwork. Let's you know, get, why not agility? Let's get big-ass Big Show for technique. Yeah, the fucking lumbering log John compared Cena, to the great technician that is Bret Hart. I think John Cena could have been a better technician speaker than Big Show. John Cena and NFL was appropriate for courage. No, no, we, no, I agreed with you, but still... Big show for tech. Seriously, there was like the, like the past three were just misses. Honestly, like this one was, I was generally shocked. I'm like, huh, what? It's like, wow, one that makes sense. Yeah. 
Stone Cold yeah, o- talk fuck, really. Stone Cold talks over a promo for John. He says, "One of the most exciting WWE superstars. There's no one better to show contestant the contestants the importance of focus." I'm like, he couldn't have sounded more bored. By the, the way, more phoned in. <laughs> by the way, you thought Bret Hart looked like he didn't give a shit if he was there. Mundo barely put in any effort, but oh my god, bro! The first words out of Johnny's mouth is, "Focus is the word of the day." Oh, I really? Lo- I fucking lost it, dude. I was howling. I'm like, fuck, no shit. Focus is Damn. the word of the day. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> That's a correct statement. You, you made him sound very enthusiastic. No, he says, you know, focus what, is the word of the day. Hey, you know what Mundo's like energy he had here? You know, he kind of came off as what? Who? He came off like a freaking very cool, energetic camp counselor counselor right now. Yes. All right, all right, children, all right, campers, who's ready to do the road course today? You know what the word of the day is? It's focus. focus. <laughs> all right, guys. What's well, right, buckaroos? Let's get on that course. <laughs> Seriously, that's the kind of energy he was projecting right now. Also, like, I feel like it was appropriate, and I enjoyed it. Also, I pointed out, they didn't give a fuck about Morrison on this show. There was no people in the talking heads putting him over. <laughs> they put over, actually, I thought about it. I don't think anyone was putting over Rey Mysterio either. Hey, dude, don't need to. Ray, Just John Cena hey. and I think Big Show and Bret Hart. What are you talking about, dude? People were uh, people were like in awe that Ray was there. No, they were in awe, but they didn't get a talking head put him over like, oh my God, Ray Mysterio, he's the, he's like the guy to be. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying like Ray on the chopper was, I think, just good enough. That was great. I think we got a perfect Ray. So he gives them some, geni- so Johnny gives them some, I'm going to be honest, I totally forgot his last name was Morrison because I instantly defaulted to calling him Johnny Mundo. So I'm like, I'll, wait, what the fuck's his last name? I don't know. So we Morris- can go down all his fucking name. Johnny Mundo, Johnny Lucha, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Johnny Elite, Johnny Nitro, yeah, Johnny Mercury Impact, Nitro, Mercury Nitro Molina, M-N-M. So he gives some um, them a generic bullshit speech. He's like, think about what you're doing right then and there in the moment. It applies to this rope course. It applies to what you do in what we do in WWE. I know you're going through, I know what you're going through is tough. It's hard work, but it pays off. Wow. That was great. Amazing. Great. Amazing. Inspiring. Austin says this will test this will test your focus. By using strength and balance. And yeah, they just have to climb to the top, scale the shit, and zip down. Austin says, and this is a direct quote, it's going to test their durability, their endurance, but most importantly, their focus. And I'm sitting there and I was like, James, did you know the word of the week is fucking focus? Hey, they have a word of the week every time. We know they're going to fucking pound it in our goddamn heads. I don't even think he's using the word right. It's going to test their, fur, their it's going to test their focus. Is that even proper English? I know we're probably the last people to ask each other that question. <laughs> I don't know. But either way, it's like, I was sitting there and like, nah, this climbing course isn't that bad. I guess fucking so. Some people die on this course. Yeah, I'll do. So, yeah, so uh, they, they show like a couple people going at once and they cut it together. I guess because they, even they knew that besides the stupidity, the episode was boring. So Martin's up first. He's climbing. He's walking on the balance Like beam. Martin's like slow. Like the only person I felt that confidently was like hammering through this was Andy. Yeah, at yeah. At least on the balance beam. I think it also helped that since he's tall, he had a lot of reach. Yeah. So uh, another gold nugget of advice from Martin. He says, you know, on the ropes, they're up there really high. It's a balance act. Here's the thing. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, Martin. You know what would be the actual fucking appropriate word what? of the day for the situation and what they're dealing with? Hmm. It's not focus. It's balance. 
Yeah. And not everyone has balance. Some people have Come better balance than me, Yeah, the balance and balance was a major part during the skill challenge. Yeah, like literally, and then yeah, balance was when it was needed on the rope course, and, and not focus. Balance is needed for the wrestling Johnny uh, Mundo does too. So like, I don't know. I guess they thought focus was a sexier word than balance. Yeah, what's well, today's word of week is, but yeah, that's why I need Stone Cold coming in. All right, everyone. Today the word is balance. Oh. <laughs> What? I would have laughed. I dead ass. I would. I already don't take the show that seriously. I would not have been able to take the show seriously. I might not have ranted at Booker T. So I think focus is a, might be a better word by default. But so, either way, they're doing this rope course, and yeah. we see Ivelisse. She's struggling. She has to do one where she has to like you know crawl on the rope like upside down, yeah, kind of way. And then it's like her legs like bothering her. So we got Johnny Mundo's like, all right, I'm just gonna climb up there and help her, coach her through this, give her some moral support. Austin says the course is kicking Ivelisse's ass. I'm like, wow, how about that? It's almost like she's injured or something. Oh man, dude, what a novel fucking concept. So the next group up is like, <laughs> how's your knees, Austin? I don't see you on this fucking course. Yeah. A guy I can imagine if Jake would hear be like, hey, don't talk, don't make fun of Stone Cold's knees. Here's the thing about Austin. He can work, though. Yes. Next. So next up is like Luke and Andy. And Andy says, I'm afraid of heights. So when you're up there, focus is a huge part of this. Dude, he was hammering through that shit. Yeah, he did good. I wrote here, Luke is actually dragging behind Andy. Dude, like, legit, I was sitting there, I was like, dude, would I actually be better than some of these people? Yeah. Like, yeah, they're more like physically adept and more you've conditioned actually, like, to me. Done, you've actually done stuff like this. Though. Yeah, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, but dude, like fucking dick around climbing. I have a harness. I could just go ham. Yeah. What's the worry? Well, am I going to fall? It's not like actual rock oh, climbing yeah. where you got to like stick the shit in the wall and then hook your line. Yeah, like it. the you worst just climb. Like literally the worst part would be the rock climbing part. But I'm like, dude, the fucking plastic rocks were huge. Yes, they I'm were. Like, literally, it's like I tried to do rock climbing walls before and I don't even have that big of feet, but the rocks are too small. Yeah. These were fucking huge. I'm like, damn, this actually looked kind of fucking easy. Yeah, I wouldn't like, say yeah, easy. The, it looked yeah, fun. Yeah, like the swinging ropes could be hard, but like at the same time, it's like it's not not doable. No, not at like, all. Like these people made it seem it was way more difficult than it actually needed to be. And then poor Eric. Oh. The death of Eric. Oh, my God. Eric trips Fuck, and this stumbles. this was a death. Eric trips and stumbles. He falls on the little suspended rope walk thingy, and Christina walks over him. I don't like Christina, but that was a funny visual because Christina still gives off the nice girl image. She's like, hi, excuse me. Sorry. I'm just going to cross over you. It's like, don't move your foot. I'm walking past you. Uh, Luke's. Oh, but then Luke says, if that isn't representing of Eric's whole time here, I don't know what is. I know we're trying to be supportive, but I think it's time to take the horse behind the barn and pull the trigger, man. <laughs> I said this last week, this week, this man is so unlikable. Well, either way, Eric is dead. Austin's disappointed in Eric. Eric's disappointed in Eric. And according... <laughs> You're not wrong. Even Eric's disappointed in Eric. They literally made it sound like he was stuck on this course for, for two hours. Was it two hours? I That's thought... what the text said. I no, it was it's like... almost two hours. It was like an hour and a half. I thought it was like, it said 50 minutes, and then it's like, all right, let's get him to help. I re- The last text I remember seeing was hey, hour and a half. Whatever. Let's just let's be funny and just say it was two hours. <laughs> let's, say it's two. let's bury the poor bastard even more. And by the way, <laughs> the so, show's doing it. Might as well. So they get him down, and like I said, Eric, yeah, is, we get, yeah, Eric he, is disappointed in Eric, and tear, there's like literally, he's crying. Tears in his eyes. Yeah, but I'm like, well, Eric doesn't have balance. I mean, focus. 
Morrison's parting words of advice for the contestants is basically to say, hey, if you're thinking about elimination and stuff like that, don't worry about things you can't control. Thanks, Johnny. Thank Johnny. Here's the thing. He was a tough enough competitor. I always forget that. Yeah. yeah so he was like, he's been there before. Technically, he's the most successful then because, True. yeah, sure, Christina. Yes. Sure, Christina got pretty big with the Funkadactyls and was you on. You mean uh, uh, Ariane? Yeah, sorry. Ariane was uh, big with the Funkadactyls and was a big uh, draw for uh, uh, Total Divas. But, bro, do you remember like during NXT peak year when Johnny Mundo was all over Mexico and stuff? He, I think at, mo- at one point he had, was ha- holding like three or four belts at one time from yep. like a couple different companies. Yeah, no, he was uh, he did great hard. for himself. Yeah, no, he was he was pretty fucking sick in Lucha Underground too. Yes, that's right. So next day it's skill challenge time where this is where it really hits me. Fuck, they should have just d- did the meme and said it was balance because Steve says, we've been talking to you about focus. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> and the focusing focus. on what you need to do. Today's okay. skill challenge is called cop a squat. Cop a squat? Bill says, groups of four, you go to a corner of the ring, hop up to the top rope of the ring and stand on it. You're going to do 15 squats, and on the 15th you squat, you're going to hold it till you can't no more. What you, would you think of this challenge? Um. So, as I said, I, I, let me look right here. They're doing a squat challenge. Mm-hmm. Bro, are they just targeting Ivelisse at this moment? It feels like it. It fucking does. The woman with but the he, bad leg. They're like, hey. And what's have you stand on the top rope? What have you do 15 squats and hold it till you can't? I'm like, oh, hey, let's get the lady with the bum leg do, doing a leg exercise above in the air. This where she feel, has to do a balancing act. This feels like malicious bullshit. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. Andy doesn't have balance, and he doesn't survive the squats. Like, yes. he doesn't make it through doing the squats. And and, then, Ma- and Martin accidentally stumbles and touches Bill, who's, like, right up in his face for some reason. It's like, oh, you touch me. You're done. Don't touch me. I wrote here. The Don't most, touch me, Osman. I wrote here. The most prestigious streak in WWE has just been broken. So, Ivelisse actually makes it to the finals. And I said, like, holy shit, Ivelisse actually survives. Then uh, next is is Luke, Christina, Eric, and AJ. AJ's out on squat two, which is funny because I forgot to mention. He lost his balance. I mean, focus. Focus, guys. You know, not like balancing. I forgot to mention it here, but AJ actually said, um, like before the skill challenge, he talked about how, you know, I haven't really had a chance to show myself. So, you know what? Whatever the skill challenge is, I've really got to go out there and impress. And he's (laughs) out on the second squat. Oof. And then Brutal. Eric, and then Eric is is gone next. I'm like, bro, he's done. He's he's dead. How do I put this? Eric doesn't have balance. I mean, focus. Luke says in a talking head, "I'd quit if if I was Eric. I'd quit if I were you. It's not getting any better. It's sad to watch. You're done. You're done." So next, Christina, Evie, Luke, and Big Rig hold a squat position. All right, now it's time for you guys to go. All right, hop up there and hold the squat position. But Eric and Andy are going to hit the ropes. I'm like, let me, let me, um, let me rephrase that. Okay. Bro, let's have people stand on the buckles. And then let's get to have the very big guys run the ropes. Well, hey, you have to bounce. I mean, focus on the buckles. Well, Rection told this, and it's like, all right, you guys got to do this. I'm going to have these big guys run. And I wrote down, how fucking dumb is Rection? His brain must be a rock. 
Seriously. It's funny you mention that because Stone like, Cold. I'm like, wow, do you just want to fucking have someone get hurt badly? Stone Cold. I don't think that's how you do. Re- I don't think that's how you learn to work and do wrestling. Yes. That, it's not. Like, the only Listen, time you, you do a spot like that, you usually, you know, how you get knocked down onto the buckle. Yeah, it's a crotch spot. But no, 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 no. We need you to hold on balance there. No, that sounds like a very dumb situation. Yes. How Austin fu- likes it though. He says, "How fucking stupid is uh? I'm I'm not even gonna say Rection. Bill. How, yeah. How fucking stupid are you, Bill Demont, in this situation? Maybe you are a smart, intelligent lad, but maybe on this television I show, had this television wa- show maybe might have had you do some things. I figured his mind. But do you ha- think this is an actual good portrayal of your intelligence? Because this is really fucking dumb." I figured his mind had to be worth his wrestling mind had to be worth something considering he was in charge of WWE's entire talent development for like 12 years. No, all he got called out was like, yeah, so all he did was just torture, like physically torture us with exercises and just said a lot of slurs, uncomfortable slurs at us. Yeah. And then he got fired and I'm like, I think this guy's kind of fucking dumb. Stone Cold loves this idea because he says, we want to throw them some curveballs. And I'm like, you mean set them up for failure? Wow, do you guys like wow, you guys like being dumb. Like I like being dumb too, but I'm like, God damn it, Stone Cold. You're yeah. kind of a fucking idiot supporting this. <laughs> oh man. So the girls are out almost immediately. Let's just say that. Oh yeah, let's get the fucking two over two hundred pound lads yeah. running in the ropes, and I'm like, all right, us tiny women are getting knocked off now. Let's just get off this before uh, you know any actual like scary damage happens now it's big rig and luke left and i gotta say something oh yes luke makes a comment in the talking head about how he and big rig are the only ones <gasps> well i think like luke actually fell off and big rig actually survived this dumb exactly. fucking challenge that was gonna work i'm like it. sitting there it's like oh i mean like look at that big rig has the best balance i mean focus out of everyone so that's what i was about to point out luke makes a comment about how he and big rig are the only consistent ones stepping up in challenges and that he's in that Big, uh, big you gotta do it in his own. weird, creepy serial killer monotone voice. Okay, so it's like, <clears throat> like it's almost like Jeremiah. Hold it. Hmm. I actually do want to say one thing. Hmm. His fucking voice, or at least his freaking cadence, is kind of like that fucking. It's kind of like Romo from the Raiders. Oh shit! Is it Romo? Yeah, 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 Romo. Yeah. Where I was, well, yeah, because he was because Romo was the guy when he talked about when he hit that dude. I'm just was, gonna run you straight with straight he, with my head first. Yeah, it's just like and he said. And after he pushed me, I just shot up and hit him right there in the eye. He's That's how he talked. Well, Fuck, Luke was kind of like that. Except he wasn't talking slow because he'd been concussed like 14 fucking times. No, but he's talking slow like a fucking maniac, a deranged maniac. Okay, here's the thing. Luke sounds like a serial killer. I'm, I feel like Romo's killed somebody. Look at him. Yeah, no, no. He 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 comes out of a terrifying man. But yeah, Luke says that Jeremiah is the only one that he feels on his level. I got three He's things out of this. The only one that I feel like is on my level. I got three things out of this. Oh, one, yeah? Luke, you've lost the last three weeks in a row. Yep. Two, if you look at the footage, when Evilise falls, Luke is actually like right behind her. He fell almost right after her. It was almost close. But Jeremiah, he had the Jeremiah. I mean, Big Rig has big ball energy and he actually stayed there. He's wobbling a bit, but he's standing firmer, tougher. Luke stumbled, lost his balance like fast. But it's just me and Big Rig that are actually the ones stepping up consistently in this challenge. Which leads me to point three. 
technically the really impressive ones throughout this competition are Martin and Big Rig. Yep. Because Big Rig is green, but he's tough and fiery, and he's got a lot of potential. Martin doesn't have much of a personality, we joke, but he's solid. He's not a selfish worker in the ring, and he's just... and. He's just, it's not that he's just physically capable and able. He's just good. The point I'm trying to make is Luke is a fucking liar. Yeah, he's got He went from the most impressive to third impressive at least. So Jeremiah is on my level. I'm like, no, you are barely on his. At least athletically. And maybe the worst part. And balance and focus. And maybe the worst part of it all, in his talking head, he's wearing some dumb ass, basic ass, hardcore edgy shirt that says, bent on destruction with a skull on it. You mean his fucking affliction shirt, bro? Was it an affliction shirt? It's basically affliction in design. I have no reason to like this guy. No, no, there's no reason to like this guy. So anyway, the tiebreaker. The idea is get in there, slam the bag, bounce off the ropes for an elbow drop, slam the bag again, elbow drop off the uh, off the off the top ropes. I'm starting to think Bill only knows how to do three different challenges, and it's like, hey, do some weird bounce bullshit, do the bag, and sprint. I don't. So how does this teach us how to work? What does this have to do with focus? Big, although I will say Big Rig has one of the best lines I've heard in this show. I think Luke wants the top dog status, but if you get on the train track, you better get ready to get run over by the train. Yep. So, So, so either way, so Big Rig's the first one to start, but he's obviously, here's the one issue with Big Rig, he is green, Mm -hmm. so he's going through the spot with the dummy bag a little slow, Yes, because he wants to kind of do it right. He's not fluid in the motion. Or just like has the mentality to be fluid in the motion. So overall, it's like, I don't know. Big Rig was kind of slow right there. He's, he was doing good. I'm like, yeah, he's physically able for your stupid ass challenges. Obviously, he's the best shape. He's so. like the only one that doesn't look all that gas. Yeah, he's in the best shape for your fucking CrossFit games. But obviously, when it comes to working, when it comes to like working or doing memorizing your bullshit like fucking spots, I can imagine him being slow. So obviously, Luke who actually is trained and has been doing this for four years, actually, like, you know, cruises through this and beats Big Rig in the challenge. Jeremiah lost focus, said Hugh Morris calmly. Sure. <laughs> so it's bottom- if anything, <laughs> he might have been over-focused. Let's be real here. And I wrote here, so the judges randomly just like Luke again. So, yeah, we like Luke. Uh, he actually has stepped up since last time, and I'm like, hey, uh, let me, uh, what's the common denominator on why Luke lost? <laughs> Those last couple times when he wasn't present. Oh, yeah. He had to work with another human being. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, let's make him work with a fucking dummy. Oh, wow. He's actually good. Yeah. Here's the thing. When he has to work a match with another fucking living person. I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot to write it in my notes, but I did notice that. He excels at the single challenges. But when it comes to the challenges that require him to be an actual fucking wrestler, he fails. Yeah, I know. Isn't that funny? It's kind of, I know, it kind of just shows how fucking dumb these damn judges are. So it's bottom three discussion time. Booker likes Jeremiah. That's my dog right there, he said for like the eighth time. Oh, well, yeah, Jeremiah is everyone's dog. In fact, I mean, he's <laughs> fucking Big Rig, bro. He's our dog. Oh, yeah. In fact, he's he most- He was our dog first episode. Oh, you dude. Yeah, dude. well, he didn't, like, Ed didn't recognize who he was at first, and I had to I remind mean, now him. now it's all I see. 
and I don't just mean, and I don't, and I'm sure some people are like, what do you mean? You mean you see the guy from Rock of Love? No, no, no. I don't see. You mean Daisy Love? Daisy Love? Yeah, no, I don't see that. I see the gimmick character Big Rick because everyone on that, everyone on Rock of Love was a gimmick. Everyone on Daisy Love was a super gimmick. But yes, Booker likes Jeremiah. In fact, he's the most impressed by him. Booker says Luke, Luke's focus dialed in this week. Bill says he's impressive. Booker and Bill. Yeah, I have a I have a contradicting statement to them talking about Luke and his focus this week. Uh-huh. Um, I think uh, he th- was not put in any situation where he actually is, you know, struggles mm-hmm. in anything. As I said, if he excels in doing athletic endeavors or having to do moves that doesn't require working with someone else, I think Luke does fine. Yes. But oh no, when you know actually have to do the job that is uh, pro wrestling, it seems like uh, oh no. But he has failed those challenges. <laughs> Eric next. But hey, let's forget that this week. Yeah. Eric next. Booker's disappointed. Trish is disappointed. Bill's disappointed. And as e- we mentioned. And Eric is disappointed. And Eric is disappointed. <laughs> Booker thinks. <sighs> okay, what Booker, Booker thinks. What dumb, what, what dumb thing has Booker said this time? Booker thinks Ivelisse is milking her injury. Steve and Trish are disappointed that I'm going to I'm going to say this for emphasis. Steve and Trish, if you listen to what they say and if you were to summarize it, they are disappointed that Evil East is injured. They're disappointed in her for being injured. Oh, but they're impressed with Christina. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Christina. Oh, yeah. No, she stepped up this week. Cool. But they're completely negating the fact that Christine is the reason that Evil East is even hurt. Yeah, I know. Pretty uh I know what a great intelligent statement right there. Oh, and this is the this is this is the cherry on the cake. Bill says she potentially has the whole diva package. Fuck you! I think Christina sucks enough to be an actual diva. <laughs> well, the divas weren't real women's wrestlers. Oh, Did no. they have women on there that at the time that could actually wrestle? Oh, no, the, well, sure, that but a, they couldn't. Bro, that was a dark period in 2011. It was really bad. Whenever was, I think of the diva bro, period, NXT, in my mind, NXT changed things. Whenever I think, and of then the, we had <laughs> Stephanie McMahon going, "I'm bringing the women's revolution." But then you would turn on the uh, then you turn on an episode of the Monday Night Wars, like, "Yeah, we liked our women all like freaking scandalous and shit." It was like. This is literally the same person that it like a year to- later this goes like, yeah, women are getting some respect. It sucks too because they actually had some pretty decent women's wrestlers in early WWF, but then they killed it and then the, yep. na- then the attitude ever happened and yeah. Yeah, no, that was not helpful. So then Steve asks about, uh, what about AJ? And Trish goes, who? Ah! Okay, that was actually funny. Them marrying AJ, I, I think they actually are, you know, redeem themselves enough. So then Stone Cold goes out to announce his bottom three. Eric, Ivelisse, and AJ. Because who else could it have fucking been? Well, they made it seem very obvious with their discussion. Thank the Lord. AJ's feeling uncomfortable with this, actually. Because Eric is a disappointment and Ivelisse is hurt. Like, I feel like he was like felt a little confident on like when it came to the situation. But obviously with Eric, though, there is still that like area that, like, oh, he's got the look and he's tall. And it's like they like his look, but yeah. as I said, he's just mostly been a disappointment with uh, physically doing these uh, intensive exercises. Yeah. Andy, Martin, and Christina are in the living room. They're talking about how much AJ sucks. 
AJ thinks Ivelisse is a goner, and Ivelisse is pissed at her injury. Yeah, she was literally <laughs> sitting there, it's like, my leg is swollen. And then she's sitting there, like, like throbbing in pain in bed and starts tearing up. I'm like, God. I, oh, but she's milking it. Oh, she's milking because it. Because as Booker says, oh, Ivelisse makes sure, makes sure that we know that she's hurting. Uh, I don't care if Booker T beats the shit out of me. Uh, uh, how you uh, presented yourself on this episode, you kind of came off like a fucking idiot. So, do your worst as you may, <laughs> you will be proving my point. I don't know, bro. Booker T's a scary man. You he saw is how a he scary looked man. Ryan last I don't week. care. I will shit my fucking pants <laughs> and he could beat the shit out of me, but I will not retract that my statement on how he presented himself, no, the himself way- on this show, he was a fucking idiot. Like, I could have assumed that Bill DeMott was an asshole, but the way this show works, it really makes him, Trish, and Booker look like complete dumb dicks. Yeah, it, like, the show's not doing them any favors. Again, Stone Cold's able to get by because he's Stone Cold. He's pretty much the only one that could have gotten away with that, too. Well, here's the thing. Stone Cold does not come off this show as an idiot. No! He at least acknowledges, he, he straight up says, he's like, he acknowledges that Ivelisse is injured. He doesn't shoot down what Booker says uh, that she's milking it but he, he's just like he just listens to it but like Stone Cold doesn't like go like oh yeah yeah just, just totally yeah Stone Cold's like Stone Cold, Stone Cold was never like oh yeah you could tell she's faking it you gotta power through it in this business no he never said that yeah wow Stone Cold doesn't act like an idiot but Booker though fuck fuck he is the greatest of all time yeah, oh man, fuck. Hey, well, you know if, if nothing else, this show reinforces the fact, you know what? Austin is the fucking go. Fuck Hogan, fuck Flair, even fuck Cena. He's the best. Oh, dude, like, yeah, no, just Stone Cold is definitely one of the best. Maybe even fuck Undertaker, but I'd have to think about that. Yeah, well, you might have to give the weekend a think on that one. So now we're at the usually best part of the show. Oh, this is the usually. Stone Cold dissection. Usually it is the best it part. It is the best part of the show. Yeah, what are you talking about? Retract your statement right there. <laughs> I would like to retract my statement from the court. Yes. He starts by asking, how's everybody doing? <laughs> he comes out with his little polo shirt. I'm like... Oh, they're still cold in a polo shirt again. Sometimes he dresses like such a dad. Oh, dude, it ain't him with his fucking random like blue baby blue long sleeve when he like <laughs> on the first episode. I'm like, what was that? Yeah, but now he's like, oh, I'm going to dress nice for the barbecue right now. So I'm going to tell these geeks that they're geeks and tell them to go home. I was going to say, I was going to say, if Stone Cold somehow finds the show, Booker, you can beat up James, but Stone Cold, don't beat us up. We love you. Okay, so Stone Cold tells, goes right up to AJ, and right out the gate, he asks him, I don't know anything about you, AJ. Tell me something. Oh, my fucking God. And AJ, right out the gate, he says, I came to learn from the best in the world so I can become one of the best in the world. No, you said that with too much life. He said it in such an awkward, what, monotone? monotone voice. Okay. I came to learn from the best in the world so I can become one of the best in the you world. You still had too much life. Okay, you do it. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm like laughing too much. The show's driving was, us insane, like, literally, dogs. It was ridiculous. What was the line? It was... Line. <laughs> line. I came to learn from the best in the world so I can become one of the best in the world. I came to learn from the best... What was in the, the world. In the, wor- in the world. So I can become one of the best in the world. So I can become one of the best in the world. And then Stone Cold says... I was one of the best in the world, but I ain't no goddamn miracle worker. I howled. I was howling. 
That was great. <laughs> Dude, seriously. You can't say nothing. Stone Cold will say, it's like, you can't say anything. I was one of the best in the world, but I'm not a goddamn miracle worker. Well, I'm one of the best in the world, and I act to, I'm no goddamn miracle worker. That was, I love this man. <laughs> Jake always said when we were kids, Stone, we need to give the Fountain of Youth to Vince McMahon. We need to give it to Stone Cold. Yes. So he says, you seem like a nice guy, the kind I want to live next to me. But tell me one good reason why I'd pay to see you in Madison Square Garden. I forgot to mention it through other notes. They mention Madison Square Garden a lot when they talk about hypothetical shows. Well, that is basically like, you know, like the arena for WWE. Fair enough. Like literally every time they do a Madison Square Garden show. And I think Judas Priest is still banned from there. Yeah. But every time they do a Madison Square Garden show, they always load that show up. They do. They do. It's where it matters. That's where, like, obviously, it's the one place they consistently care about their booking. Yeah. Oh, the Master <laughs> Square Garden is awesome, though. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, I've actually been there. That's see. right. What was it? You saw it was an ROH show, no, New Japan. Show, yeah, it was right? the ROH New Japan show where I saw Okada versus Jay White there. Yeah, and, and you then saw was, the Enzo run in. Oh god, that was fucking dumb. <laughs> For that. I swear, everyone's review of that show was the exact same thing. ROH was horrible. The New Japan was good. Yes. The New so, Japan part was good. And then he, but yeah, he says, uh, give me one good reason why I'd pay to see you in Madison Square Garden. And Andy says, you mean AJ? Sorry, AJ says, because when I get, because uh, when I get in that ring, I'm going to inspire you in a way you can't describe. And then Stone Cold laughs. I laughed. I'm pretty sure you laughed. And Austin's, <laughs> and, and Austin says, God dang, that was some good bullshit. He's like, what makes you think I'm going to pay you to like wrestle in the Master Square Garden? Because when I get into the ring, I will inspire you like no one has. God dang, that was some good bullshit. God dang, that's some good bullshit. <laughs> so you can't say anything to Stone Cold. It's like, it's, not, it's like, dude, it's like, if you want to just be ridiculed, it could, I'm literally, you have, what, if you go in with Stone Cold, you just must have no shame. Yeah. He just he, must not care. He's literally the kind of guy where his mind is so quick. He's like, how are you doing today? I'm good, Steve. How are you? Oh, I'm not doing too bad. You're having a good day? I am having a good day. Well, I'm having a bad day because I had to watch you stink up this fucking place with your performance. <laughs> or it's like, his, or, or his, yeah, what do you go back? You're like, uh. <laughs> or it's just like, well, so I, well, I apologize for that. You apologizing is like, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's not fair, dude. Yeah, it's not fair. Yeah, he's literally the kind of person where it's just like, oh, hey, sir, here's your McDonald's order. Thank you. He's like, also, I threw an extra hamburger in there for you. What'd you do that for? And he's like, well, it's just being nice. You trying to get me a fat ass? You, what, you, think, you're trying to give, you think I'm a charity case over <laughs> you here? You think I'm a charity case? Oh, Stone Cold. So he asks him, what's your backup plan? And Andy goes, find another way in. AJ. <laughs> what's your backup plan? Find another way in. Well, if this is your goddamn dream, why do you fail to make me notice you? Oh yeah, that was a- then he moves seriously to- every time. Then he moves to Eric. Eric says he's like uh, Austin points out how his condition hasn't improved. Eric says, "My, I believe my condition, my condition has improved. The works out, the workouts have just gotten harder." Yeah, how do I put that? Oh, hey, Eric, what's have you do a hundred squats for a day? Uh, two weeks later. All right, Eric, I need you to do a thousand squats. He says this and Stone Cold looks offended. He pretends to pull out pen and paper and he says, Dear Booker, Trish, and Bill, the workouts are too goddamn hard. Paraphrasing. Can you back off? 
And he's like, "No, sir, no, sir. I could, I, I, I could, ha- I could, I could get myself ready. Are you sure about that?" <laughs> and then he just lays into Eric for a good minute on his wasted potential. Just wasted potential in this, and flashes and flashes. And then he gets to Evilise. He walks up, and this is where you said earlier. He goes, "Where's Where, the pain level? Where's the pain level?" He says it's about an eight. He says. This is where we know Stone Cold Steve Austin is A, not heartless, and B, not stupid. He says, if it weren't for your leg, you wouldn't be here in my bottom three. But I got to do what I got to. Nope. But I got to go off what you can do. And I got to do what I got to do. Seriously, you remember that fucking. This sounds like a fucking mercy kill or something. Seriously, this is the face where I see. <laughs> you still have it. Yeah, I <laughs> literally sent a picture of his face when he said this to Ivelisse. And it's the fucking creepiest thing. That is a face of a mercy kill. That almost should be the thumbnail. I might have to. I might try to make that the thumbnail tonight. <sighs> but yeah. Um, Seriously, look how just like dead I- serious in his eyes <laughs> and just stoic face. Dude, I, I, I freaked out so hard from laughing when you showed me that. I jumped up in my nose back to the who. <laughs> Hold on. I got to scroll back. <laughs> Don't worry. You get there. Okay, so yeah, he says, and she's crying. She tears up. She because says, she knows. Yeah, he doesn't even have to say it. She says she understands. Because she, unlike uh, Bill DeMont and uh, Booker T, she's not a fucking idiot and, yes. re- and realizes, I think we're going home and I'm bummed. Trish does some douchey stuff, but at least she doesn't try to claim that her injury is fake or she's milking it. I think she does say you got to work through it, but not as callous as Booker and Bill. Yeah, but when Eva Lee's saying it's an eight, I'm like, an eight fucking because I because I think of what an eight is for me, and I'm just like I wouldn't be able to work. Maybe I was like I I, I like I could tell you most I'm pain. Have to sit down. I could tell you most pain in my life is probably when I had COVID, but that's different. That was like that felt like a twelve. You know what I mean? But let's just say a ten. But it's just yeah. But like an th- eight is definitely you might have to take the day off. Rest up that leg there. So Brett, Brett, why did I say Brett? So Stone Cold says, "You want to talk about a guy that talk talk about a guy that took time off for injuries?" Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Is that Jake? Look who finally returned my call. Is that Bone Steel? Dog, I am stressing hard right now. What's up? I'm sorry. I was trying to get you for a hot or not, but oh well. We already did the. We're already like hammer. We already like steamrolled through that for the podcast. The if you want to still running, yo, if you want to send your hot or not, I'm still game. So I'm cool ending off our show on the hot or not. We're just talking about Stone Cold, just basically friggin', you know, Stone Cold's geeks. the best part of the show. Yeah. There are two big releases next week, so I'll make up for it. But double uh, hot or not action? Uh, no, I don't need a double hot or not action. <laughs> Please, it's not double, but you know, the the next two weeks will be pretty pretty stacked. Um, Hi. Okay well, either way, yo, if you want to send a hot or not, we'll throw it up on our show to finish to finish things off. Yes, I got my own hot mess to worry about right now, so I'm like. So you're not going to sit a hot or not? Was my dream right, Jake? Did you end up having sex with the wrestling fangirl that likes Trapped? Yeah, did you have sex with like some wrestling fangirl that likes Trapped? No, but I have an interesting development about a girl that probably... I don't think she listens to Trapped, but... Okay. Puddle of mud. No, right. no, okay, so check this out right now. Oh my god, it's so fucking stupid. Okay, so... Wait, is this a chick that you called a loser on Tinder and went on a date with? Or you were going to go on a date with? Same, 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 yes. 
This is the best show we've ever done. Yes. So, all right. That, here's the thing. So, <laughs> it's so fucking. All right. So, check this out. Yeah. Her and I have been chatting. The whole thing's been going. We were going to meet up on Wednesday, right? Wednesday was her day off. She works at a at a witch bar. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, what? what? Wait, wait. Please rephrase that. Wait, wait. Please repeat that, I mean. She works at a witch bar, like a bar that is like witchy and like, uh, it's called the cauldron. It's like a it's like a Wiccan bar. Huh. That sounds a uh, very uh, sounds very bewitching. Sounds very bewitching indeed. Yes, yes. She's a, you know she's in a black craft. She's a black craft babe. I I feel like that's what I've been attracting as of the last year. Oh, I so, see. Anyways, it's it's you know I, apparently my my. The girls that I have attracted and been attracted to over the last year have. I I pissed Ashley off last night because I said that like I like for years I had been going after mid girls that have been playing hard to get and then all of a sudden finally now I'm starting to get like attractive women interested in me and she's like that's fucking gross. She's Fuck. gross. She's mad. She's mad that I said that I went after women mid because I called I called the girls that I went after mid. And those girls are like alien shit. So it's like, I didn't mean it in a bad way. I just meant like, I, I just meant fundamentally like, you know, the girls that I've been matching with and talking to as, as of the last year are, would be considered more attractive by regular standards and seem to be more chill. I see. Than yeah. The ones that I play hard to get and are basically, you know, whatever. Anyways. I'm mid. It's fine. You can you can say people are mid. All right, that's cool. Anyways, back. I'm to the fine with you being mid if it needs to, if that's the situation. Yeah, so right, you know, just, but but now like all of a sudden, oh, let me get back to the story. So okay, so then you've always so, been a you've always been a right swipe to me, baby. Yeah, dude, you're a, you're a right swipe to me, baby. Oh, that's you know, thank you. So yeah, you're so, welcome. So um, which vibes, girl? We'll call her. All which right, vibes. So she's very, very forward about things. She's just like, you know, it's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. She's 25. So, um, well, that makes easy for a fucking geek like you. So, yeah, but here's the thing. So we are going to meet up on Wednesday. That's her, that's her day off or whatever. And then I just lagged all fucking day and I didn't hit her up until like 9 PM. I'm like, Oh yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck, Jake? Here's the thing. She works late. She works till like one or two a.m. She's like me. She she sleeps till like one or two in the morning. Wait, what's her job again? She's a waitress at uh at oh. like a at a, a witch, witch bar. bar. Dude, at a witch. I totally forgot. It was like some goofy ass fucking job occupation. So you know she you know she she got all the tattoos. She wears the Doc Martens, and then you know she just like Those are makes hot hell shoes. of money because she's pretty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. edgy all so, all chick, bro. Anyways, so. We were going to meet up, right? Uh, let me make sure she didn't text me. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> you got to make sure. So we were going to meet up. This, this, trust me, this gets more and more fucking stressful as it goes. Uh-huh. Babes, if you were in my shoes right now, I'd be stressing so hard. I bet right, I so, would. So check it out. So then, then, oh, That's I have to mention this too. She's done. really into smoking pot and drinking, which obviously I'm not. So there's there's that. Oh, yeah, dude. She's so edgy, bro. You're, you're, she you're lame and straight edge. Yeah, dude. She like wears Doc Martens <clears throat> and fucking has tats got, and tattoos. Oh, yeah. And she drinks and, and smokes. And she's got a lot of tattoos, too. She like fucking, it's like her whole body. Anyways. That's fucked, so, dude. Yeah. So anyways, 
fucking so we're gonna meet up on wednesday that was the idea and i hit her up at nine because i'm like all right this girl is like me she sleeps till like 2 p.m or whatever and then what are you trying to do hit her up wednesday and one in the morning so well all right so (laughs) let him finish the story i hit her up and everything and then she's just like she's like yeah well right now i'm off um She's like, oh, I'm just getting, I'm grabbing a drink in Huntington Beach or whatever. And I had not told her at this point that I was that I was a goofy goober sober bro. So I was like, yo, okay. just pound on liquid deaths, bro. Pound on liquid deaths. I know, I know. So so I was like, I was like, hey, I was like, because uh, she asked me like, you know, what we would do. I'm like, you know what? To be honest, I like, I'm not very familiar with the late night haunts around here because like I'm do- I said I'm do I'm doing the sober thing because I didn't know how it's to work. <laughs> So I said that, and then I didn't have a reply from her for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she just texted me. Oh, uh, I guess she had her. You got a reply. Uh, fuck! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, no, no. I'll, I'll explain why this is so stressful. Okay, so right, I need to shut the so, fuck up. Fucking a! All right, so now I have to figure out what to say to there. Um, <laughs> no, okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> so then uh like it's getting later and later and then like it's like 1 a.m at this time and i think like all right like oh yeah you're from here and she hits me up and she's like hey babe sorry sorry it's it's taken a minute like you know like I, i've been lagging today and then she's like where are you at i'm like oh i'm just at my my place chilling and then uh she was like oh so do you want to hang out at your place and i was like now here's the thing my place is a fucking wreck right now because katie's Katie's mom is moving to the East Coast. And Katie brought back all of her stuff, right? Like, you know, like all of her stuff from the childhood. So my living room is jam-packed with just boxes and boxes of stuff. And there's a fly problem because we've been, like, you know, cleaning out. We've been doing, like, this whole summer, like, deep clean, right? The house is a fucking disaster. So I'm like, oh, is she really going to, like, catch it? And I didn't want to say no. So I was just like, yeah, come on. So I quickly... I quickly fixed up my room, right? Like as much as I could. And like, I brought this, I bought this like manly musk, like a uh, scent called black frost. Pretty black sick. frost. <laughs> okay. Make, makes my room smell like Amber Crombie and Fitch. Uh, and anyways, so I, I like, I, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll invite her over and I'll blame the entire mess on Thomas. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like he'll be asleep, it'll be fine. So, and what then, the fuck? yeah, just don't tell him. Yeah, and then and then and then, uh, so she's um, God damn it, what am I gonna do? So, uh, then uh, I I don't hear from her for a minute because th- then she texts me. And she's like, all right, well, she's like, what are we gonna do at your place, right? And I was like, that's kind of a hard question to answer when someone throws that at you, right? Because you're like. I told her too. I was like, "Hey, I don't have any problem with bars. Like, you know, I'm just not drinking, but like, I'll hang out at a bar, or whatever." And she, she didn't get back to that, but she was just like, "Yeah, we can hang out at your place. That's fine." And then I was like, "Okay, cool." And then she's like, "Oh, what are we gonna do at your place?" I was like, "I didn't know how to answer that." I was like, "Uh." That's a very hard question. Well, that would be a very difficult question. Yeah. Obviously, I feel like in that situation, a smoother head prevail. Like, honestly, we can kind of just do whatever. Want to just kick back? You can just meet up on my pad, and we can, you know, walk yeah. off. Just do whatever. So now, so now, basically, well, and, and then I wrote this thing. I was just like, oh, what's was like, the well, smooth you know, reply? Got, I, yeah, I was like, I was like, we got we got a bunch of like, you know, courtyards, common areas where we can you know kick back, get to know each other. I was like, my room's like, you know, kind of a vibe. It's got, you know, I got TV, mini fridge. Like, my I'm room's just a vibe. Her on, like, the, 
on the amenities at this point, right? And I don't know if she was wanting me to be straight up forward and be like, oh, yeah, we'll, like, come over here and we'll get all, Wait, you know. Yeah, do the friggin' hokey pokey. Yeah. Then I don't hear from her, right? And pokey. I did a stupid line, too, where I was like, like, just, just one, I was nervous or I don't know. I was just like, you know, I just got stuff in my, like, skulls, instruments, torches, you know, the usual shit. Right? You said like, this said to that. the black craft woman. I, I know, but my thing, too, is we have never met in person, and she's willing to come over to a dude's house at 2 a.m. in the morning she has not met before. I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't know. It just it seemed yeah. interesting. Now, that, that is a very uh, if you, valid. Yeah, you put it that way. That sounds like a very interesting situation. Now, now I'm like, all right, should I have said school? Like, obviously, they're fake schools, but I'm like, all right, this is a woman coming over to someone she's never met. She has all my TikTok and all that other crap, so she knows. Yeah, so she's I'm basically seeing your room, bro. Right. Yeah. No, okay. And then I don't hear from her, right? Oh, and then yeah. I'm like, okay, I probably just laid out and, like, fucked that up. Then she texts me at, like, 3.30 in the morning, <laughs> and she's like, she's like, hey, babe. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> the hey, babe. She's like, so much has happened today. I'm deaf down to me, and it would be nice to go and do. But it would be nice to go and actually do something, though. Sorry, I'm lagging. I never lag. I hope you had a good night, nonetheless. And then she sends like you know the 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 sad face that kind of looks like watery eyes and like a black heart. So I'm like, okay, I'm still in the game. So, yeah, he's still in the game. She's sad. Game. He's in the and game. I was like, I was like, oh no sweat. I've just been chilling. I like. I don't know why I was like. You know, I just been listening to Oasis all night, just kicking it with the dog. So I'm all good. Like. And, Trey, since uh, when are you into Oasis? Oh, dude, I love me some Oasis. Anyways, uh, now, not important because the, this is this is where it builds. You. This is where we lead to right now. And I was like, don't worry. I was like, we'll find something cool to do. My idea was, all right, I'm going to wait a few days, get the house in order, like get it all like up to date. And then like I'll take her to a cafe or something. We'll go get we'll, we'll, we'll go get boba or like fucking coffee or whatever. And like it'll be during the day. That's my go to date. Is like just a simple like coffee day. It's just like you know that's the way to go. Yeah, I was gonna wait a few hey, days. also like a hindsight thought too. You know, it'd be a pretty chill idea for doing like that fucking like late night weird fucking meetup, dude. You could have just like, hey, we could just go hang out and go take Lita for a walk. That wouldn't have wouldn't have been a half yeah. bad idea. But that's yeah. in hindsight now, so we'll, we'll yeah. see where your story goes. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, she so then. I don't have any interaction with her yesterday except for the fact that she had posted this thing on Instagram. Like, you know how, like, girls or people just, like, they share artwork, like, on their stories and all that? Yeah. She, she shared this, like, very risque, like, uh, black, like almost black craft, like, story, looking but, drawing um... of, like, a skeleton just fucking pounding this chick, like, in the doggy, in the doggy position, right? And then, like, with just a little, like, caption that says, like, take me back or whatever. <laughs> So I are you telling like, me she's into skeletons as a kink? Maybe I don't know. So I was like, I was like, you know, my, I was like, this this will work out fine. So, anyways, she she shares a picture of the skeleton like just fucking this chick from the back, right? Like and like and the chick's all tied up. It's very BDSM, blah blah blah. <laughs> I don't know why I did this, but I was like, I just I just like wrote a little comment on it. I'm like, what a mood. And then you what? <laughs> oh, you asking for it. You're asking yeah. for trouble. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, I was like, you know what? I, I'm just gonna be a little ballsy with it. I was like, what a move. And then like, <laughs> and then, and then she liked it, right? And then she, uh -oh. and, and then I don't hear from her all day, right? And then she texts me like literally an hour ago, 
and Bro, she's, she's just a like, vampire. Hey, hey, you free she's tonight? Gonna suck and on was, her, suck on yeah. his blood. And she's like, "Hey, you free tonight?" And then I was just like, I, I, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna send her a picture of this fucking disaster and explain what I'm doing. I'm like, "Hey, yeah, I, we're switching storage units, and like the place is fucking thrashed, but like, you know, it's all my I friend always, Thomas's I, fault. Yeah, like, Thomas's fault. I, always, <laughs> I was like, I, I can always slip away for a bit because I didn't want to say no. And then she's like, "If you're down to hang, let's hang. What do you think? Like, just very forward." And I was like. I think yes. I could head off in an hour. I right? think yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, I want to be forward with her oh, too. I think so yes. I think yes. Even though right now it's stressing me out, I was like, I just have to close off the storage unit in the garage, just like make an excuse. Where are you at? And she's like, I'm in Anaheim. She's like, Do you want to hang at your place? I'm like, Ugh, my place is fucking way more wrecked than it was the two days ago when we were gonna hang out. I'm like, shit, dude, my place is fucking thrashed. It's like. Oh, what the fuck? Like, now I have to figure out what to say. Because it's like, I can invite her over, but my place is thrashed. Mm-hmm. So, or? Like, I don't know what else. I, or I suggest something else, but she's like, do you want to hang at your place? That's why I have to answer right now. Oh, 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 wait, so wait, this is like right now, right now. Yes. Dude, right just right go now. take Lita for a walk, bro. Just make it easy. You don't have to be inside, like, have to hang out inside. Like, I can't predict it, but at least just, like, you could do that. Just go for a walk and talk. Get the vibe on each other. Yeah, that's easy. I, it's simple. That'd be my right. I feel like that would be a, a not half bad idea. It's late at night. It's perfect time for talking. Yeah, just talking and walking and hanging out with Lita and watching her drool and poop all over the place. Yeah, I just think that here's the thing. You oh, guys, sorry. Oh I don't. I'm fucking lame and vanilla, but I'm just saying when she says hang at your place, I don't know if that entails like you know. I don't know what she's looking for. I just need a way to explain that the place is a fucking mess. dude. I, just tell her. I don't know what she's looking for, but bro, I think just something. Just say yes and just work. Just say yes. Have her come over. And you can make like, and you could just like show her the disaster, and then honestly just go for a walk or whatever. Just say yes. Just go with the vibe. Go with the vibe. He's thinking. Well, I'm like, hey, we can hang at my place. It's totally thrashed right, right now. <laughs> uh, if you don't mind or something, I'm trying to think of something to say. She also sent that text like 15 minutes ago, so I don't want to keep it lagging. But I'm like, so just say that right now. Just type it right now. That's why I'm typing. I'm like, we can hang. Oh, hold on, let me make sure I didn't double use my words. Yeah, d d double use. Uh, let's see. We can hang right now. Let's see. We can hang at my place. Uh, we should probably cut uh, It's wrecked. Right. <laughs> right now. Fucking a. It's like, why does that goddamn house need to be such a fucking mess? Um. Let's see, we can hang at my place. It's wrecked right now, but I need a but. How am I gonna word this? Just say like, but I'm cool, but I'm game to hang if you're game to hang. Something like that. That's all you need. That's all you need. She just sounds like she just wants to hang, and you don't have to hang in your pad. But just have her come meet you. You can just work that. I feel like that's at least something. Should I say something like No? We 
hold on. I was like, we can hang at my place. It's wrecked now, but I'm game. Otherwise, I can meet you and we can go on a walk. Or that works. You. That just works. Don't overthink it. True, true romance in the making right here. Great compelling radio. I think he's uh, off, uh, you know, typing. We should probably let him go. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, I'm kind of curious on his reaction on this one. You getting there? If you don't mind. All right, here's what I got. Uh, I was like, we can hang at my place. It's wrecked right now, if you don't mind. Uh, but I'm game. Otherwise, I can meet you and we can go on a walk and take it from there. Sounds perfect. Good. Well, Mr. Send it. Yeah. Did you send it? I'm about to send it right now. Oh, he's about. He's about. Paste. Paste. Send. Yes. Yay. Yay. Well, I hope you have good luck on this. We got to get back to the podcast. So. All right. Well. Uh, have fun. Have fun uh, going on a date with a uh, Miss Darkness, uh, who works at the wi- at, at the wish at the witch bar and shit. Yeah, Miss Spooks McGooks. Oh, right away <laughs> oh yeah what'd she say what'd she, she said, say she said your place is cool with me damn right here we go go have an adventure jake yeah come on jake life's adventure go have fun with that go hang out with spooks mcgoose hell fuck dude spooky you guys Mc, go spooky yo, you guys go on a walk yo dude have her take your take you to a cemetery in the middle of the night fuck it why not just take like, her to get some hot chicken empty, 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 yeah empty. take her to get some hot chicken and then go to the cemetery just fucking let the night play out bro yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, you got this, you got this. All right, we got to get back to our podcast. All right, talk to you later. Peace. Love you, fuck you, bye. Wasn't that beautiful? Where the fuck are we at? Stone Cold, that's you all should I should have ended that call like 20 minutes ago. Nah, shut the fuck up. You wanted that. That call is glorious. I hate our podcast is now over two hours, but sometimes... I'm a, uh-huh. I can accept situations like this. So Stone Cold took Ivelisse's belt, you guys. Oh, yeah. But he swerves us. He says, usually I only take one. Tonight I'm taking two. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, oh, shit. Well, there's like 10 episodes of the season and we're like, what is this, episode six? Six. We got seven more people and four more episodes to get rid of people. So he stares. He Menacing. Yeah, menacing. <laughs> Menacingly. He huffs and he puffs. He walks over to AJ and he goes, you want to hand me that belt? He goes, you're going to have to take it from me. You're going to have to take it from me. Stone Cold says, you ever mow some grass? I'm like, where the fuck is this going? You know, if you look at it long enough, you can almost start to see it grow again. It's a long, boring procedure. That's kind of what you remind me of in this ring grass growing yeah he basically says he has the charisma of grass we got we got rid of the riffraff you was good enough to stick around now we're getting to the nut cutting time you're stuck out you're stuck and run out of rope then he makes some incredibly intense eye contact with eric yes he says let me tell you something eric it takes a real special some bitch to be in this ring you gotta want it eric says i do want it i'm not ready to fucking go home well, you gotta go home because I'm taking your belt. And then Eric just turns his head down, and Eric is disappointed. And Eric going, "Oh God damn it!" Eric is like, 
this isn't the last of me. He says, I think you could be something. And yeah, that's pretty much it. They all have their goodbyes. Eva's disappointed. Eva Lisa's disappointed in herself, which she shouldn't be. Yeah, it's just such a shit like this happens. Don't worry, Eva Lisa. You, do, you did well in Lucha Underground. You didn't make it on AEW, though, but supposedly there was attitude issues. I don't know. AEW seems like time's a weird spot. Not, gonna, yeah. not going to lie. And plus, AEW creative and you don't seem to like a lot of the women that I like on there. Mainly Thunder Rosa. I mean, me or wait, wait, what? You and AEW don't seem to like Thunder Rosa. And I was like, I don't mind Thunder, but well, sorry, Thunder is your best friend that sold you like three. You've been on that shit for like ten years. I swear to God, bro, dude, she she's like, a good wrestler. Yeah, but dude, you literally met her at a rodeo arena. That wasn't the only thing I bought from her. She signed a picture of herself for me. But you bought. We went on an adventure together, bro. You bought yes. It was like, good friend Jake's about to go on an adventure with this lady, maybe. Um, you bought three John Cena action figures from Miss Thunder Rosa. It was for the novelty. Yeah, or the, like, she's told you these are protective John Cena-like figurines. They'll help protect evil spirits from coming near you. It was a bitch. It's like she was having ja- fun. Dude, it was like this, ja- dude, it's like the Japanese lore where there's like the certain statues that you could place up that kind of like either like contain- right. either contains or repels evil spirits. <laughs> Minor John Cena. Yeah. And you're like, or like freaking five inch John Cena figures. <laughs> Thunder the, Rosa sold you in a rodeo. The power of arena. Cena compels you. Bro, the first Marine movie. That's my passion of the Christ, dog. That's a joke. I I hope you know I'm joking. No, I know you're joking, but I'm like <laughs> you had such a look. I'm like let that brevity sink in. <laughs> sink in. Okay, that's but- a, those are so, dude. Those are some set of words I would never hear <laughs> that I would not. You would not hear often. That's what I live for. I like giving people. It's those like that Family Guy gag where it was like the episode with the sleeper agent. It's like yeah, so there is a phrase that the sleeper agent would like you would say, and it would activate the sleeper agent. What is it? Wow, that Italian family over there in the restaurant is very quiet. It's kind of like that. <laughs> Phrases like that where it's like you would never hear that. John Cena's the Marine was my passion of the Christ. Yeah. You look like you were a sleep agent awaking to your true purpose. Oh my oh well it looks like time to go to work and take down America in the name of uh, the name of the motherland. <laughs> so yeah, um and then Eric is disappointed in himself, which oh, yeah, know, we have a he show. should be. Yeah, we have a show reviewing. Austin says Eric might be something one day and the Evil East was cool, but we fight through injuries is what he says. So yeah, Eric just does not want to go home because honestly he went and did this to hopefully give his family a better life. But he ultimately failed because they decided to make him do a hundred squats that he was not prepared for for day one. And then on like day 14, time to do a thousand squats. So in a little bit of where are we in now, we mentioned how Ivelisse did some bits. Well, with, here's the uh, thing. I also like wanted to say that Ivelisse was oh, yeah, like, sure. I know I want to like put my two bit that we see Ivelisse crying, but she's yeah, like hobbling yeah. out saying like it was going to be her like hopefully like this time was going to be her time. And it's like, yeah, no. Don't worry, Ivelisse. We know you did something. Eric moves away and wishes he would won for his family. And then Stone Cold, him just going like, yeah, Eric, he had flashes of greatness, but only flashes. Yeah. And Ivelisse couldn't work through the injury. Yeah, no shit, Stone Cold. I think that's the one time he said something dumb. That was, yeah. At least it was at the very end of the episode. I know. I know. He's smart enough to save the dumb comment for the end. Where I'm not that mad at him. I know. So, in a bit of where are they now with Eric, I did a little bit of digging, and on the indie scene, he went by the following names. Jason Watts, Big Nasty, (laughs) and The Sex. 
please repeat that? Jason Watts, Big Nasty, and The Sex. That's great. His finishing moves were a choke slam and a murder bomb, which I guess, which was just a, I guess, a gnarly crucifix bomb. And actually, I caught he had an interview last year uh, talking about his time <clears throat> with Tough Enough. And basically, he said he didn't want to do any of the reality TV bullshit. He wasn't there for reality TV. And he says he thinks he screwed himself by saying that a lot to the producers going, I don't want he he apparently said to them, I don't want to be on this stupid reality show. I just want to get my contract. So that's uh so there's that. Hey. Well, it seemed like the well did the sex get his contract? Not with WWE, but uh he did have an AEW dark match, I guess, with uh Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Oh last shit, year. the sex made it on <laughs> AEW Dark, yeah. With uh Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, who apparently he wrestled with on the indie scene. Wait, what was his name? Was it the sex? I don't know what name I think he I think he just goes by Eric Watts now. So you might be able to just find it on YouTube. Oh, dude, fuck. I might have to. Give me a second, bro. And I, I got to investigate this. And as for Ivelisse, well, as we mentioned, she was on AEW and Lucha Underground for a few years, but apparently she's- Mostly, it was, mostly I think she was best. She really made herself in Lucha Underground. But she's been with uh, Shine since about 2012. Okay. And also notable, a few years ago, uh, her, jo- Joey Ryan, Thunder Rosa, and El Hijo de Fantasma sued Lucha Underground for illegal contracts. Yep. Whoops. And yeah, that's the show. That is the show. You know, if it wasn't for Jake Bonesteel giving us a call, the show might have mostly just been rage from me. It would have been rage, but instead we get a call from uh, Mr. Jake Bonesteel telling his wacky tales of meeting the freaking lady that and works. not knowing how to talk to women. Uh, or at least just, you know, keep it chill. Yeah. Dude, no, but bro, she's like got tattoos. <laughs> she wears Doc, Doc Martens. Martins. She works at the witch bar. She has to be bi. I'm convinced that almost she's, every woman that wears those are bi. She like wants to hang out at like two in the morning. I'm like, yeah, like that's the biggest extreme. She's got tattoos all over her body. She's 25. She's a straightforward. I'm like, I think uh, people that like, I'm sure like stick around and listen to that conversation. I think mostly your mom. I do apologize for Bone Steel bringing up some sexual talks. This is how it is, but whatever. He was tame this time. Yeah, I know. It was pretty tame. Well, he's mostly tame. Only on the rare case, he was like, oh, I'm edgy. I'm going to talk about shit I read on Reddit. Also, yeah, here it is. It's on YouTube. Jurassic Express with Marco Stump versus Ray Rosas and Eric Watts. Damn, what? Really? Um, fucking send that link over, bro. Yeah, sure. Also, I guess he, I forgot to mention also, Eric did actually, uh, do some Lucha Underground stuff, but he didn't really do much for a couple reasons. One, he mostly did like some security background stuff for two reasons. One, he, it wasn't really his style of wrestling. And two, they had Luchasaurus. <laughs> Well, and I'm sure Eric is a nice guy and a pretty solid wrestler. But he's not Luchasaurus. N- he's not li- Luchasaurus. He's not like Luchasaurus I watched on Dynamite this week. Just basically friggin' like like just dive into like four tables that just exploded on him. Did you watch those fucking tables this week? Yeah, I remember you said, dude, those tables just exploded. You know what? Those tables just fucking exploded. Yeah, anytime landed on them, they just like explode into a million pieces. Well. This show has went very long. I think it's time to wrap up. You got anything else you want to say before we go? 
Nah. Well, <laughs> listeners, this was the Triple D Radio Show with your boys, James and Edward. I hope you all have a good one. Adios. Adios.